Hello and uh, welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And this is our long overdue recap of the World Championships. Hurrah! Finally. Finally, yeah. yeah. So episode thir- 35 in the now almost two-year-old, in fact, almost exactly two-year-old Fencing Podcast. Is it two years? Mm, yeah. Because mm. we did our first one just after the Olympics. Right, a little so sort of reminder and sort of Facebook memories and stuff like that, you know. This this makes me feel incredibly old. Uh, I don't think it makes me feel well. I mean, plenty of stuff makes me feel old, but not this particularly. But it does make me think, two years is quite a long time to be doing this. Exactly. We should get more money. Um, oh, well, we should probably get better, actually. <laughs> what I would say first. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so first of all, apologies for the, the, the delay getting this out. I moved house. You did? Yeah. And, that, and basically was out of action for nearly a month. Because I was too busy unpacking boxes and getting yes. stressed about things. Yeah. So all the packs, uh, boxes unpacked now? No. <laughs> no, I don't feel bad about it. I've been in this house for five years and there's still ones that we haven't unpacked. Yeah. It's, um, that's absolutely fine. And a bigger house with more more rooms. So which, yes. one's, which one's going to be the recording studio? Uh, I, oh, I do have one office in the new... In the oh, new excellent. Sorry. Uh, it's the guest bedroom, apparently. Uh, but no, it's my office. Excellent. So when when's the sort of soundproofing panels going up and... That sort of thing. Uh, shortly, actually. Very good. Yes, I'm <laughs> delighted to hear that. So I'm really glad you moved. I don't want to brag too much, but I'll have a summer house. Oh, terribly middle class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, while the World Championships were, were on, I was I was moonlighting as well. I was doing another podcast for Ding. the uh, Commonwealth Junior and Cadet Fencing Championships in Newcastle in North East England. Mm-hmm. And doing a good job in the commentary. Uh, yes, I did do a, I did do a bit of commentary on the live mm. stream as well. Yeah, Not the Sean sh- and Kareem show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, but more heckling. I think if we're ever going to do that, <laughs> I want to do this so I can heckle the heckle the epius. <laughs> I was I was reasonably polite about most people. A, a few people did point out that I uh, perhaps could have been better informed about some of the fences, which is a fair comment, but it was was quite tricky with. Uh, you know, cadet and junior Commonwealth fencers. Well, yeah, them you've I never seen know. them before. How are you supposed to know who they are and what, they, how, what they're like? Yeah, some of them I had seen before, and I, but I wasn't, you know, mm. totally and utterly informed about everything that they'd ever done, um, which was yeah, kind of frustrating. I, I think in in retrospect, I enjoyed the experience of doing commentary. So it means now when I have a moan about other people doing commentary badly, I feel a little more justified having done it myself. Don't forget we had a shot at it. And it was It is more difficult than it appears. Uh, yes, it is a little bit, because uh, I did it for several days. I did it, I think, for six days, mm-hmm. uh, the eight that, was, uh, that these championships were on. And uh, I, I think I think I got better as I got on. I had more useful, informative things to say yeah. rather, rather than just going, oh, there's a hit. Yeah. I I mean, I was supposed to be at this as well, but again, I was moving house, so I was told, no, you're not going to Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. So even did, even did a podcast with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so, so utterly faithless. I was, uh, don't forget, I, I mean, I was doing a remote uh, remote uh, tech support. You were, yeah. Yeah, basically in a room, sitting on boxes most of the time. <laughs> well, don't feel too bad. Uh, you know, it sounds like a glamorous, uh, you know, week or so in, in Newcastle. But it wasn't, I spent my whole time in a fencing hall or in my student digs rooms um, editing a podcast or trying to get things to work. Uh, yeah. So, not a good fencing trip when you don't get to the pub even once. Yeah, I know because I you told me a couple of times about that. <laughs> did I complain? I got, I got just a couple of times. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Anyway, enough about what we've been up to. So back yep. to the uh, back to the World Championships um, in Wuxi 
in China. Mm-hmm. And shall we get our, our grumbles out of the way? Yes, let's I'm do a, that. Clearly in a, a grumbling mood. Because, because there is stuff. other reasons, there are additional reasons for this podcast being late. Yes, there are. Yes. So we'll go for that first. Where should we start? Yes. Okay. The, we'll start with the coverage, mm-hmm. which uh, wasn't done via the usual instantly available YouTube live yeah. stream because it was held in China. YouTube's banned in China, so they have to use uh, the Chinese equivalent, which is a thing called CCTV. No irony there. Um <laughs> Uh, which was which was terrible and very hard to find anything, and it didn't work quite a lot of the time. I've really struggled with. It. I gave up. Yeah, because I tried sneaking sneaking some of this in breaks at lunchtime and things like that at yes. work, because roughly the right time to catch up with it. And even in our high speed, directly connected to the internet government network, mm-hmm. we couldn't actually stream it. It was so terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It um, was bad. Um, final sessions, thankfully, were uh, broadcast on the Olympic Channel. Mm-hmm. Good for us, good for them, not good for any American fencers who aren't uh, subscribers to the NBC, the Olympic Channel. Um, Still strikes me as unbelievable that the FI haven't sorted this out, because they do the same thing for uh, for the Grand Prix as well. The finals of that Mm -hmm. are uh, broadcast on the Olympic Channel, which is great. But the fact that it cuts out the entire American audience is uh, clearly... It's a bit short-sighted, I think. Yeah, more than a bit. bit. I mean... I don't want to gripe too much about this, but oh, go on. the whole the whole setup for the, the, the whole, we're all been building up to world championships throughout the whole year, mm. uh, but nobody had sorted made sure this all worked in advance. Yeah, very much so. Before kickoff was the thing that really got got me. You know, it, if you want to be a global sport with a global audience, you need to be professional about stuff like this. Yes, indeed, because it sounds like the actual championships themselves were brilliantly run, looked mm. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the facilities were amazing. I mean, you're yeah. hearing stuff like, you know, 50 training pieces. Yeah. 50 training pieces. Yeah, it's amazing. So and it looked amazing. Yeah. When you got the wide-angle shot of the... Yeah, with the oh. with the LED floor and mm-hmm. everything and all the, you know, all the graphics you can put on that. Mm-hmm. But you hardly saw any shots of that on the, on the live stream stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was like it wasn't there, really. Yeah. So you, because because you pointed out that the LED thing was then I had to sort of track back in my memory and go oh yeah I remember seeing it in the wide shots, a little corner of it or yeah yeah. So it sounds like it was amazing, but from what we could see, mm-hmm. yeah, it could have been yeah a sports hall, then, a sports hall anywhere. Somebody said I saw a comment somewhere saying that the crowds were amazing as well. There was loads right, of people there. Right, okay, yeah, hard to tell. Yep, hard to tell. They did make a bit of noise. Now that I think about it, but, there was a few uh, times that you could definitely hear the crowd. So yeah, getting yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So what else we got to grumble about? <laughs> uh, do you want to go for commentary? Uh, yeah, I will. Graham Bell, uh, who's a a skier, uh, was there as the the kind of lead commentator, the the, the anchor, the, the guy who sort of does all the introductions and sets mm-hmm. the scene. And and he's done that a few times now. I think he did it at the World Championships last yes. year as well. Mm-hmm. I think he did it at the Europeans Olympics as well. Did it at the Olympics with uh, with Cream. Bashir mm-hmm. as his uh, as the expert. For some reason, though, the FIE seemed to prefer David King uh, as yeah. their as their fencing expert, and that just absolutely baffles me. It, 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 it baffles me completely because Green Bell is the perfect man in the street because he knows nothing about sport. Mm-hmm. Well, cap- actually, you, no, the, he's now watched enough fencing. He sounds every bit as knowledgeable as David King does. Oh well, I was about I was about <laughs> to say that he's about he's picked up. He's seen enough now. Yeah, and there's been a few. I, I remember uh, so the women's foil. He did actually make a few calls. Oh look, that's a Compound pyropos with the remise and, yeah. like, and things like that. So he's obviously picked it up over time, but he's he's your perfect man in the street. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why the, the FA have been trying at this thing where you've got 
uh, fencer sitting in the commentary box yeah. with yeah. with the commentators. And I'm, again, I'm not sure why there wasn't any of that in the World Championships because it really works. Well, I'll, I'll I'll hazard a guess on that one. Quite often, the reason that you you will get um, a fencer or a coach coming in and doing co commentary is because there's only one sort of regular commentator there. And they're looking for somebody to offer a, a different perspective, or somebody who might be interesting to have have on doing the commentary, and also you know giving their their kind of view of the fencing world as well. So that's that's quite interesting. But in the case of the World Championships, Graham Bell and David King are not there as volunteers; they're there being paid to do a job. Well, they should kind of do it then. Well, that's that would be that would be nice. I've but the thing is, I think I, I don't have a problem with Graham Bell because I don't expect him to know everything. No, he's, I mean, he's a thoroughly professional yep. sports broadcaster. That's mm-hmm. that's what he does. Yep. David King, not so much. No, not not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. anyway, anyway, so grumbles are the way. Yeah. Any more grumbles you want to say? The weather was terrible. No, I <laughs> <laughs> would never have known. Um, do you have any more grumbles? No, that's probably enough. We'd probably better talk about some actual yeah. fencing then. Yeah. yeah, let's get on with it. Yeah, we've so put it off long enough. Let's have a chat then. What we start with? Start with Sabre. Start with Sabre. Well, 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 let's start with the men's because that was actually that's the first thing that I mm-hmm. uh, I started my sort of catch up watching of the World Championships with. And the usual thing of who went out early. James Honeybone didn't follow up his strong end of season form and went out in the last sixty four. Uh, Abedini of uh, of Iran, Jeffrey Loss, Aldamantano all went in sixty four. Usanguk, I'm trying trying to remember who I picked for all my dead dead certainties for for winning the world championships. But I think I might have said Usanguk is uh, is my my choice, and he uh, he bombed out in the last thirty two, um, losing to Fanas for Jani. You're supposed to say who at that point. Uh, who? Uh, yeah, of Tunisia. Yeah, had an absolute blinder of a day. He went on to beat, um, he wanted to beat Daryl Homer in the last 16 as well, but he absolutely thumped, uh, Osang 15 8 in the last 32. Um, O looked like he'd temporarily forgotten how to fence. It was bizarre. Well, in other words, the coin, coin toss didn't go his way for a change. Uh, I don't know what it was. He just, uh, just couldn't work it out. He just, just, he was blown away by Faraz Fajani, which is not, not a phrase I thought I would ever hear, hear myself saying. Well, well, we all know what it's like when some people are just in the zone. Yeah, yeah. So certainly having a having a good day. And Satan Rashinikov out in the 32 as well. Last 16 was a bad round for the Italians after Montano getting it in the 64. Caratelli, Berry and Simelli, which are their, are their top three, all went out in the last 16. And uh, European champion champion Max Hartung also dived out at that stage. So that left our quarter-final lineups. Uh, Kim Jong-wan of Korea. Facing up to his teammate Gubon Gil is the the first of the quarterfinals uh, with uh, Kim taking the win reasonably comfortably fifteen ten. Kamala Bragimov of Russia beat uh, defending champion Andres Satmari, who was a bit of a surprise winner last year. I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I, I think we more or less said, well, probably not most people's pick for the best fence in the world. Not the most people's pick for the best fencer in his country. And since he, I think he's actually in the same club as uh, his teammate Aaron Salagi, probably not even the best fencer in his club. But, you know, did a did a decent job making the last eight in, mm-hmm. in defence of his title. Uh, but Abragamov beat him 15-9. You know, Dashovitz, one of the, the form horses this year from the USA, puts out the aforementioned Mr. Salagi. Uh, really? Reasonly comfortably as well. 15-11. Oh, wasn't, wasn't really a nail-biter. 15-11 says it could have been close. 
I've not. I confess, I've not had a chance to catch up. with No, Sarah. I did have a look at this one because uh, two two fences that I'm I'm properly interested in, and yeah, Dershowitz looking in, looking in fine form. I mean, uh, I think we said this before that Slaggy when he wins looks absolutely phenomenal, and mm-hmm. obviously his record of winning Olympic titles is is pretty impressive with, mm-hmm. uh, with you know two and two in the trot, but he he doesn't actually win a huge number of competitions in the in the grand scheme of things. It's all about peaking then. Well, if, you, if you're going to pick your moments to to pick your to produce your best performance every couple of years, doing it in the individual event at the Olympics is probably yeah pretty good pretty good timing. But uh, Dershowitz had his number here, and in the last of the quarterfinals, uh, Kim Jun Ho of Korea finally eliminates uh, Faris Farjani of Tunisia, as aforementioned, but quite a close one, fifteen thirteen. So, um, young Mister Farjani, who I think is. Ooh, just a couple of years out of juniors, so yeah, maybe only just a year out. So he's you know he's a young fencer, and uh, as I say, clearly having a very good day. Mm-hmm. So on to our semi-finals, Kim Jung Wan against uh, Kamil Abramov, and this uh, this was a proper seesaw battle. Uh, Kim took a, an early lead, uh, but Abramov uh, getting back into it um, to to end the first period eight seven up, and uh, Abramov. Sort of matching Kim first kind of speed and uh, and athleticism for for most of the fight really and and really it could have gone either way up to about up to about twelve all and then um, Kim kind of snatched the advantage to you know to two or three hits in the trot to go fourteen fourteen twelve up and uh, and a great hit to finish it off so uh, Kim Jong Wan advances to the final again uh, after the end of what's been a Really, a pretty disappointing season for him. He's had some pretty mediocre results, really. So to see him um, making his way through to the the final was probably a bit of a surprise. He's kind of steadily slid down the rankings most of the season, and was just kind of hovering in the edge of the top sixteen coming into the world championships. Okay, yeah, times where he looked, uh, yeah, a bit a bit tired and old, but yeah, still still going. So on to second semi final, uh, Dershowitz against uh, the other Kim, uh, Jun Ho Kim. Dershowitz goes four and up, loose in control of things, loses it. Kim gets back level to to four all with it with a couple of nice reposts. Dershowitz goes ahead again, goes eight four up at the break, and uh, you know varying the rhythm of his attacks nicely. In the second period, Kim changes the setup of attack a little bit to to level things at eight all again, uh, and then to to take a to take a bit of a lead uh, when ten eight up and then thirteen ten up. Uh, yeah, Dershowitz gets to gets it back to twelve thirteen, uh, but slips and 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 tweaks his ankle. And there's a bit of a break at that point. While you know they have a look of it, and he considers how how sore my ankle really is, and doesn't have any treatment, so there's no actual injury right. break. But that the little pause seems to have done him the world of a good uh, levels at uh, levels at fourteen all, and then finally with a gutsy or perhaps slightly fortunate counter-attack, uh, takes a win 15-14 to, <laughs> to scrape through to the final. Um, it was a nervy-looking performance, I have to say, in, right, at times. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I think he probably can consider himself touch fortunate. Really? Okay. It certainly sounds it, from what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there was times when he looked, he looked in control of the, the fight, but, you know, never never really had a handle on it for, for very long and um, edged, edged his way into the final. So we got uh, a young one, Kim Eli Dershowitz final, and uh, Kim Kim took an early lead in this one, five two up. Dershowitz looking a, a little a little bit hesitant, 
I thought at the, the beginning of the fight again, mm-hmm. I kind of slightly nervous, nervous looking. Has he made the final before? I don't think he has, has he? No, I mean, he's still very young. He's only 22, I think. Well, he looked good last season. This season, he's looked the real deal. I think he's had either two World Cup wins or a World Cup and a Grand Prix win and, and medaled at least one other time as well. I mean, he's a, you know, a, a genuinely world class champion, mm-hmm. you know, world championship uh, contender here. Leveled it up at 5 all, uh, made, made the fight a little bit cleaner, a bit more decisive in his actions, including uh, driving Kim over the back line to go to go 7-6 up. Suddenly looked a bit, a bit more on it. Uh, but Kim goes, goes into break 8-7 up. In the second period, Kim really kind of took control of the distance a bit more, scoring with, you know, distance traps and repos. And I mean, it's weird, you, know, you think of... of Young Man Kim's fencing has been kind of super aggressive and very attacking, mm-hmm. but he honestly hardly hit with an attack in the second period. It was all done with, all, all done with this kind of you know, working off the distance and taking the parry reposts. So, um, yeah, some quality fencing from from Kim Jong Wan to take what I believe is his first his first senior world title, which uh, seemed, seems seems amazing. Is. A man who's been the, you know the top of the sport for how long fifteen years or something mm-hmm. like that, getting a, a first. A first senior world title and uh, and doing it in fine style at the end of a uh, as I say what had been a up to that point you know a season that where he where he looked his age but yeah came up with the came up with the goods quality yeah it was it was I was I was pleased I was pleased even if it wasn't my prediction <laughs> I'll try not to be too bitter about that yeah but I fear it's a phrase that may crop up quite regularly when we're talking about this yeah men's saber teams. Um, that was that was the last thing actually that I watched, and uh, I was uh, doing that today. So that's all quite fresh in mind. A few slightly surprising results there. Georgia put it at the USA in the last sixteen. No way. So, uh, a bit of a turn up. USA seeded fifth going into these championships. Georgia, Georgia got some good fences though. They have the uh, now what are they called? Two Bazadzes. I can't yes. remember the name of the third uh, fencer. Yes. But yeah, they had a. They had a, a good win there in the last 16. And then uh, Georgia also put out Iran in the last eight. Um, I mean, both reasonably comfortable as well. Um, 45-38 against the USA and 45-37 um, mm. against against Iran. And that's, you know, they're, they're two very good teams to, yes. to get a win against. Hungary, uh, going going to seeding, just edged out Germany in the last eight. Uh, that was one that could have gone either way. I often feel that the German team doesn't quite achieve... The results that it could occasionally okay. show signs of of being the being mm. the real deal and being contenders for winning major medals, but they don't quite do it often enough. And mm. and again, Hungary edged them out. So you're I mean your top three teams in the in the world rankings at the moment seem reasonably well clear with um, Korea Korea one, Italy mm. two, uh, and Hungary three, and and Georgia joining them in the last four. So I, I don't think I would have predicted that. I don't think so that's not something. the Georgia result. Yeah, no. Where, yeah, where did that come a, from? A proper surprise. I mean, we, we were delighted when when Iran won a, a World Cup mm-hmm. a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, yeah, nearly nearly two years ago yep. now. But it's now a genuine surprise when they lose out in the last eight. Yeah, because um, their teams really come on in the last year or so. Yeah, I mean they're 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 the real deal. So that was yeah two very good wins for for Georgia, obviously. So uh, in the first semi final, uh, Korea beat Georgia fairly comfortably, forty five thirty four, and the second semi final. Uh, Italy beat Hungary with a you know a much a much closer contest, um, and actually the the fencer that was a bit of a liability in this was was Salaje, Actually, he uh, didn't have a didn't have a great run and got a, a bit of a beating off a couple of the the Italians, and that's really what uh, what saw them saw them going through at, uh, at Hungary's expense. 
So the the final itself, well, basically Osanguk in the in the first part part of the match looks like a man determined to put a disappointing individual performance mm-hmm. behind him because he absolutely crushed Berry and Simeli in the in those two fights. Uh, he uh, he was a plus nine indicator, so scored oh. ten hits, on, only conceded one, and that really kind of broke the back of the uh, the Italian the Italian challenge. Really, mm-hmm. individual champion Kim Jong Wan started on the bench. So Kim Jun Ho, who taken bronze, who I would have normally expected to be their, you know, their fourth man, started off on the match uh, in the first fight and lost lost five two against Kiratli, and he was immediately <laughs> immediately subbed off and and replaced by his uh, uh, senior partner, mm-hmm. and and from that point on, yeah, Ho just went went crazy and started. Bashing Italians, okay. and uh, I'd say poor Italians, but I'm sure they can handle themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was really uh, it was a big lead at one point. It was mm. probably a I think a twelve hit lead or something like that going into the final leg. I mean, Karatli had a very good go at it in the last leg against Oh, and he he put in a good stint all round. Actually, he um, I think won all his individual legs, right. um, including bring bringing it back to something much more like respectability, but. Um, I mean, the writing was all on the wall kind of long mm-hmm. before that. And uh, Ulsi's out for uh, a 45-39 win, which uh, uh, really it was more comfortable than that scoreline yeah. suggests. Um, and Hungary beat Georgia um, 45-36. So no, no medal for Georgia, but still a, a thoroughly impressive performance for yeah. one, of the, one of the lower-ranked teams. So that'll see them bounding up the world rankings as well. So, they'll, so they'll, uh, you might see a bit more of them this year then yeah. because their world ranking will... Get them, uh, we'll get, get them an easier time. Yeah, we'll get them easier time. Although, yeah, having having put out um, a couple of very strong teams to get to the semi-finals, they might they might fancy their chances of, mm-hmm. of doing that more regularly. So that was that was the main saber taken care of. Uh, was yeah, it was good stuff. Um, Koreans looking terrifyingly efficient. I mean, they are a, they are a team of a team of all stars. I've described them as you know. As the yeah. Korean all stars and Korean uh, all stars, like like the the classic Italian all stars, you now have a yeah. classic Korean all stars. Certainly, a main saber. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the product of you know years and years of mm-hmm. um, of brutal training, and the ones <laughs> the ones that survive in one piece will be very good. It's uh, it's survival of the fittest, Sean. Apparently, it's scientific. So. Yes, <laughs> scientific uh, scientific culling of the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, on some women's saber, shall we? Yes. That's one. I'm on. I'm on a roll with the saber. Just do it. Let's get. This, let's get the saber out of the way. Well, it's quick, isn't it? I mean, that's that's the always <laughs> that's the advantage of saber. Yeah. yeah. So, women saber individuals out in the '64. Uh, Rosella Gregorio of Italy and Kim Jong of Korea and Manon Bruni of France. So, oh. some yeah, some early departure from fences that I quite like watching. That kind of carried on. Uh, Olga Karlan, uh, Damara Wozniak, and Limbach of Germany and Limbach of France. And uh, little Lisa Pushtai, who's not so little anymore. Yeah, the one that's had a ghost spur. Yeah. Out in the 16, Anna Marton of Hungary, uh, Bianca Pascu, and Irina Vecchi, uh, and Martina Crisio. So again, yeah, slightly, slightly disappointing day for the, for the Italians there, I would say. Um, and that they're all looking over their shoulder. <laughs> but, uh, I think we've got more to say about Arrigo. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, still, still looming over them. Yep, um, not quite taking their places yet, but mm-hmm. you know, we shall see. So our, our quarterfinal lineup: uh, Sofia Pozhnikova of Russia against, well, the first of two Chinese fencers 
neither of whom I'd really particularly heard of prior to this uh, against Xiao Jiaqi of, of China, uh, Poznikova advancing 15-12 there. Uh, Poznikova is a kind of junior member of the of the Russian team, mm-hmm. which has been reinforced by the, the return of uh, Sofia Velikaya yeah. and already with um, uh, Jan Agorian, the Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a good draw, you might say, yeah. for uh, Poznikova. So I think that going... Going through the quarterfinals there and into, into the semis, uh, guaranteed. I think her first senior medal of of any description doing it at the World Championships. Which really? Is, uh, yeah, yeah. She's young. She's only just out of juniors. First first year senior, I think. Right. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of her junior results, but okay. Uh, I think she. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that last year she won the junior worlds. Yeah. Okay. And then a big, uh, a big American result for. Uh, from an unexpected source, um, Anna Elizabeth Stone of the USA beat uh, Teodora Contura of Greece uh, with a, a 15-14 nail-biter uh, to advance to the semi-finals as well. So it's two slightly surprising participants mm-hmm. meeting meeting up in the semi-finals there. Um, more familiar faces uh, in the, the bottom half of the draw, uh, Jana Gorian beating Jan... Jian Jian Yu, I'm going to have a, have a go at. Okay. Um, Rather than me, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Gav. Thanks. Um, of China. Again, mm-hmm. like, like I say, a fence I've really not heard of before mm-hmm. Before this, this result. Um, so there's a home advantage there. Never heard of the fencer suddenly in the finals. Home advantage. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, I mean, I'm not sure whether you know the, this notion of home advantage is a, is a real thing or not in fencing. Uh I think your psychology must be boiled if the, if the crowd is on your side and shouting for you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm, I wonder how many of the crowd were were Chinese. So I mean, quite often at fencing competitions, you get the kind of same sort of mix of nationalities mm. that you have uh, competing. Yeah, it's true. I remember I'm just thinking back to Paris when, uh, and there was a large Korean contingent right enough in the crowd. Yes, that's true. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. So Igorian. Advanced to the semi-finals, uh, where she was joined by the aforementioned uh, Sofia Velikaya, who uh, edged out Cecilia Berda, 15-13. Oh, right. uh, so, so three Russians into the semi-final and one uh, relatively unheralded, unheralded American. So mm-hmm. good day for the Russians, um, uh, which continued with uh, Poznikova giving Stone a, a, a bit of a thumping in the uh, in the first semi-final as a, a 15-16 uh, 15 16 15 16 good grief a 15 6 uh, win there and uh, never really looked in doubt to be honest um Poznikova making the making the better choices in mid piece and and Stone kind of struggling to get her attacks going really mm-hmm. yeah there's well, a little side on that a bit of curiosity um Stone could scored the the first hit in the second period but it wasn't added to the score was and, that a scoring mistake yeah was- nobody seemed to notice uh, the fight carried on and and it finished um, showing the score has been fifteen five, and it was only corrected later on because I saw that time I thought, well, what, what, why should you know why is that hit not up in the score there? I'm, I'm sure she's sure she's got the point there. The referee signal mm. doesn't need to have been if that had finished fourteen all. Uh, well, yeah, that's a exactly. different it's a different matter. But I, I think guess it's a, um, uh, Stone didn't seem to notice, or coach didn't seem to notice. There was no sort of you know pointing and gesturing at could the be, scoreboard. Uh, could have been that the box was faulty. We just didn't know about it. So they knew. They knew down on the floor, but 
the, the score was just as it was because nobody could fix that. Yeah, mm. yeah, it seems uh, a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, yeah, a comfortable win for for Pozniakova and and almost the final to face one of her, well, one of our more celebrated teammates. So, mm-hmm. uh, Velikaya Agorian in the second semi final um, sounds like a classic. In some ways, it, sh- it probably should have been, but of course, you get the whole two teammates fencing each other, which quite often are you know a proper snooze fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this kind of had the look of it had the look of a, a sort of high quality training bout, right? Okay, uh, for the for the start of it, you know, it was a, a little bit sort of soulless the whole the whole thing. And Agorian seemed to be kind of more caught up up in that sort of thing. She looked like she wasn't. You know, quite fully engaged in the in the match. I've seen it like that before, though. Sometimes, Occasionally, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, you might be right. Actually, I mean, I kind of put that down to the fact that it was a, a you know a team a teammate mm-hmm. clash. But Velikai was definitely coming out the the, the better of right. whatever that that sort of weird dynamic was, and was eight four up at the break. And it was only after the break, and of course, no coaches in the uh, at the end of the piece to offer offer mm-hmm. any advice, but. Agorian really kind of up the up the intensity of the the whole fight after the break. You know, it's like she's got snapped out of this. You know, this isn't a training bout, and this is actually a world championships, and I I should be making life a lot harder for for Velikaya here. And yeah, just just more more hyped up and more aggressive, and uh, level the fight at nine all, and actually went ahead went twelve twelve ten up. But then Velikaya makes a a really good video review to turn a, a thirteen ten to a twelve eleven. And then that can seem to sort of slightly deflate Agorian. You know, she she got within you know just a couple of uh, a couple of hits with a, a a decent lead to suddenly being down to one again. Changed a couple of nice nice stop cuts to make it thirteen all, and then at fourteen all, Velikaya makes um, Agorian's attack fall short, uh, and then hits with a, a really nice long attack of her own. So a really quality hit to finish, and a and a fifteen fourteen hmm. win for Velikaya. So the Russian Russian queen returns. Mm-hmm. Marches on yeah, past her. Porsche, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, past her, her, her young, uh, albeit Olympic champion yeah. um, uh, teammate, uh, and on to face the, the even younger and more inexperienced uh, teammate in, in Pozniakova. Uh, and I did slightly fear for Pozniakova in this because I thought this, you know, if it comes to training bite stuff, um, Velikaya. Just gonna walk it. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was kind of my feeling, um, and I'll tell you what was strange as well. Two very smiley Russians. Now that's not a phrase that you hear very often, is it? No, no. We talk about them being quite sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Sort miserable, of, miserable, miserable <laughs> is the word that I would I would look for when <laughs> describing Russians. I think I think we say grumpy. I think we say uh, grumpy. Okay, yeah. okay, stern. Yeah, stern. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cold. It's cold where they come from. <laughs> yeah, but no, the, um, you know, lots of lots of smiling and you know waving waving to the crowd and um, looking like they were generally enjoying being there. Right. Well, and they can be relaxed. It's, it's a good day out for the team. Two teammates in the final. They mm-hmm. can be happy with that. Now they just got to figure out who's going to win. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. To my surprise, uh, Posnyakova was. Again, the one that seemed much more focused for all the mm-hmm. smiliness before the fight. Um, she was, wasn't messing around when the when the fight actually started, and she she charged through the first period to to go eight four up. wasn't interested in in playing too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a particularly uh, adventurous approach to the fight, perhaps, but effective. It kind of um, you know none of none of this sort of celebratory, isn't it fun? Approached it, it was just yeah in their kick ass okay and, and up at the break um, and again the the break came at a, probably a good time for the fence that was down Velikaya 
again, kind of up the up the ante a bit in the second period. Levels at eight all, uh, but Poznikova holds her nerve and and gets back to keeping it simple. Goes ahead again, twelve eight up, fourteen nine up, and you're kind of waiting, waiting for this, you know, for Velikaya to to get her head around the match and to to work out a, a way of of dealing with dealing with Poznikova's you know, positive aggressive style and uh, starts to find the range with the parry posts and, you know, starts nipping them back. It's getting closer and closer down to 13, 14. And you think, oh no, Poznikova is, is going to crack here. She's starting to look pretty, pretty nervy by this point. You know, as you can understand, you've, uh, you've bailed four hits on the, on the trot and suddenly you're, you're comfortable leading almost at the finish line yeah. is, is, is gone. But then makes um makes a really really nice stop cut to to finish the fight and to take the win fifteen thirteen so uh, a well deserved and uh, really enjoyable win for for a, a young Russian oh. so Sofia Poznikova world champion I'm trying to remember who we predicted for this I think I went for uh, oh, what's her name the Ukrainian. Olga Karlan. Yeah, it was Olga Karlan. I think that was my uh, that was my heart choice, but I, I went for Elkaya as uh, right uh, as I say the the Russian queen returns yeah. and uh, clearly clearly Poznikova Poznikova had not not read the script uh, had not read the script oh, and well, was never mind. happy to uh, spoil spoil <laughs> Velikaya's day, um, which to be honest is a a good thing from my point of view. I think that's uh, that's great. No, uh, I, th- I agree too. I, mean, I, I, I like, like it when the seeds uh, get upset. I yeah, quite like it. I mean, I do. I do quite like a um, uh, a good comeback story as well. And mm-hmm. and Velikaya undoubtedly is is that. But I'm, I'm probably happier to see uh, fresh blood taking taking titles. So yeah, quite quite pleased with that. A bit too many Russians, or a bit too many uh, too many of one nation in the later stages. It, I, I don't know how it necessarily helps an event. As mm-hmm. I say, the the atmosphere is sometimes a little bit odd with that, but. Uh, yeah, good win. Good. Quite happy. So, on to some teams. So, you would think, obviously, after that kind of Russian Russian domination uh, in the individual, that Russia would be feeling feeling pretty good about, about things uh, going into the team event. And, I mean, the, the top teams in, in Women's Sabre are... Yeah, rel- relatively predictable. Uh, I mean, the top four seeds made it through to made it through to the last four. Um, Italy faced up against Russia, uh, so that's world number one against world number four. Um, Villakai has only been back for a for a couple of events, and I think only only one World Cup. Uh, so they're they're ranked four at the moment, um, but the the reinforcements and the and a, a confident Pozniakova is mm-hmm. freshly crowned world champion. Uh, saw them edge out Italy 45-44. Uh, and in the second semi-final, uh, almost, as, almost as close, but uh, France uh, getting the drop on Korea with a 45-42 win. So, so two tenth semi-finals uh, and a Russia-France a Russia France final. Um, but in the end, this was actually really straightforward and not in the way that you might have predicted beforehand. Uh, and France taking it with a 45-35 win. Who was awesome? Um Cecilia Berda was friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> Again, she put in two very, very strong legs uh, against Posnikova and Igorian. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, with a, mm-hmm. a, a plus nine indicator Excellent. from those two, a 10 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
a good shift as well from uh, probably the, what's considered the, the third of the French surprise, um, Caroline Caroli, uh, who finished with a, a positive indicator, I think, from that right. match. Um, you know, so important. So it was really kind of no, uh-huh. no weak legs, no, you know, nobody cracks from the French team. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like the French women's sabre team as well because they, they have that feeling of wanting to, wanting to play. It's not sort of low risk fencing. They will mm-hmm. take stuff out of the middle of the piece. They'll make things happen. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll gamble and risk things. And while that means they perhaps don't push the same sort of level of consistency that, let's say, Italy do, mm-hmm. very consistent team. Less exciting to watch. Yeah, there's all stuff happening with the French. Well, that, the French team. Well, trust me, we're coming back to this very topic. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Please, good. Yeah, ha- have fun. Have a bit of have a bit of uh, sort of uh, go go about you. You know. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh well, I mean that sounds uh, that sounds like a, a thoroughly joyous thing, and I look forward to that very exactly. much it's indeed. Gonna be, it's going to be a fantastic chat that one. Woohoo! Excellent. So, um, so that was the saber. Uh, lots yep. of good stuff there, and uh, yeah, some. Some winners that were surprising because they hadn't won before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kim Jong Un, Korean All Stars, do what they do in the men's men's saber teams. Um, I was having to think about this earlier, and I forgot to check for certain. But I think they may have won everything this season. I think they won all the World Cups, which well, I didn't pick team. up. The Korean team, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty sure they won the Asian Championships and now the World Championships. I really meant to check that because we made a bit of a a hoo ha at the end of the the regular World Cup season that mm-hmm. the um, USA men's foilers had won all all their team events. Yeah, and I'm now and I'm thinking, you know, did I did I miss one? Did the the Korean men's saber team do the same? Mm-hmm. But anyway, they we'll, f- we'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> through <laughs> yes. the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, if I messed up, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure somebody will tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know exactly who you're thinking about. Right. So, <laughs> so tell me about tell me about some epic uh, We've had our we've had our burst of burst of saber. Yeah, you've had all your fun. Now it's that's time for epic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. You're well. To be fair, I didn't watch any of the epic though. Have you not? No. Well, I, I've, I've watched it. So basically, you don't have to bother. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so I'm going to start off talking about women's epi this time because uh, I think I've got lots to say about uh, the men's epi actually. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, our early levers in the 64. Hmm. So you know, like obviously epi is a bit more unpredictable. We we can never quite say who's going to be in at the end, and you know uh, who's who, who. You know, sometimes somebody comes from nowhere. We've seen that lots of times yeah, over I mean, the last couple of years. It's part of the appeal of the weapon, isn't it? Well, Every, everyone feels they've got a chance. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of what I like. So, uh, in the 64, Monica Sazanska, maybe this is maybe not so surprising, but Nathan Mulhausen, uh, Shina Lam went out, uh, Napik Mazga of Poland, oh no, sorry, I'm thinking of somebody else there. Um, so, the yeah, Glukova, Ivan Nelip, uh, Yulia oh, okay. Belyayeva, Kong of uh, Hong Kong, uh, Murtazayeva as well of Russia. Right. These are all out in the 64. Right, so who's uh, left? So who's left at this point? Well, <laughs> no, hang on. There must be a few more, a few more departures. Exactly. Who, let, who went let, in the let's see who went out in the thirty-two, shall we? Uh, we've got Julia Ritzi, uh, Zhu of China. Kelly Hurley went out in the thirty-two. Kolobova's out in the thirty-two. Kang went out in the thirty-two. Uh, Yiwen Sun uh, went out in the thirty-two. Oh, okay. Now I'm pretty sure that she was my pick for. She was your pick. Ah, uh, rubbish. I'm okay, absolutely certain on that one. Another one cursed. Yeah. Uh, as we said, that, and that's that's everybody who went out in the thirty-two. Out in the sixteen, we lost uh, Lawrence Epi, uh, who I've mentioned a couple of times now. She seems to be on an upward curve, so yep. I thought I'd throw it in there. Cat uh, Holmes of the USA. She's she's a member of the yeah. USA team. 
I think uh, a, a 16 would be... It's a good result for a, her, An okay result, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, Choi of Korea. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's who we lost in the... Uh, in the last 16, which means our last eight uh, consists of uh, Corlin Vitalis, Katrina Lehis of Estonia, uh, Emezi uh, uh, Saskovac. Well done, Cam. Yeah. That was quality. <laughs> the slight pause just to sort of re- just, reprogram mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, what are we going for here? Yeah. Got it, got it. Uh, uh, Alina Kravitska, uh, Laura Staley, a name oh, you're, we're all familiar with. Yep. Uh, Courtney Hurley, uh, Anna Maria Popescu, and Mara Navara Navaria. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, quite, so, so quite so quite a good mix up there. Yeah, an interesting, interesting and varied last year. Yeah, so we'll start with the top half. Uh, so the the matchup here is uh, Mara Navaria versus uh, uh, Katrina Lehis. Uh, uh, basically, Navaria just totally outclassed her uh, and, and went on to win fifty nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's a nice comfortable, comfortable win there. Win. Yep. Uh, the, the next uh, fight in that, that side of the draw was uh, Laura, Laura Staley versus uh, uh, Saskovac. Uh, a bit of a nervy won this one, and it finished at 14-13. To... Staley. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so our current uh, world champion, she was world champion, wasn't last year, wasn't she? No, no, she went out comparatively Oh, I'm actually, no, she's our current Olympic champion. Current Olympic champion, Sorry. Though, yes. Yeah, current Olympic champion, uh, went out in the last eight. Uh, and she was my shout, I think, for Women's Epi. I think she was, Because I'm a bit, yeah. of, a bit of a fan of hers. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Me, me too as well, but I, I thought that... Uh, uh, the the home crowd advantage that we we talked about, mm-hmm. and I you know question whether it was a real thing or not. Uh, I thought might have. Well, carried. I think you're you, as I said, you you went for a sun for this one, which I thought I was a good shout actually, but she obviously didn't manage to pull it through. No. Oh well. Uh, in the bottom half here, we have uh, Courtney Hurley of America up against Coraline Vitalis. Uh, Courtney's Courtney's Courtney difficult defence. I think I think Coraline's kind of fluid French fencing's hit the, the American rock, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, she won quite comfortably, 15-10. Uh, and then the final fight was uh, Kravitska versus Popescu. And uh, Popescu uh, comfortably won this one, 15-11. All right, okay. Yeah. So our, our semi-final matchups were uh, Mara Navaria versus Laura Staley. Um, so Staley, I've got to admit, I haven't really sort of talked about this a lot. I thought she might, I wasn't familiar with her. The name might have cropped up a couple of times, but... Yeah, not, not a whole lot, not... Not really recently. I mean, it's a name because I mean we we'd talk about it briefly before we, we recorded, and you went Staley, women's epist. Mm. Did you know about her? Uh, I, did I get her? Yeah, I got her nationality right, and yeah. suggested that she'd not really done a whole lot. No, of, she's to she's shout not, about. No, I mean she's got uh, not very much at all this year. She's had a couple thirty twos, and that's that's. That's essentially it. Right. Uh, so she was quite lowly ranked. So it's a good day out for her. Yep. Uh, she's a Swiss fencer. Uh, so I saw this kicked off and I thought it might be quite interesting because Steelhead has this kind of active, well, as all the Swiss fencers tend to, had this kind of active sort of style. She's sort yeah. of running around, but she looked nervous. So as soon as Mara twitched, she was uh, basically looking for the blade or trying to do something. It looked very, very nervous, I thought. Right. And that kind of set the tone as uh, Mara just basically blew her away. Uh, there's not very much to actually sort of comment on here because uh, it finished off 15-8 and basically uh, Mara just just calm all the way through it. Every time Laura stepped forward, she was hit. Every time she didn't step forward, she was hit. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, she it was it, it was that she got a couple of nice hits going for two. I mean, I really love the, love the couple of two hits there, but uh, nothing really worth talking about. Okay, okay, so, uh, so a fairly one sided. 
It was incredibly one-sided. Right. Um, now compare this with uh, our second semi-final, which is uh, obviously Hurley versus Popescu. Uh, this was quality. It's an absolutely quality fight. Both fences were up for it. Both fences were ne- not necessarily sticking to their what you would call what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hurley is a, a quite a really solid fencer, difficult to attack against. But I'm not convinced that her attacks are brilliant. Uh, but in this, no, no, no. She was quite willing to step in and, and, and go for uh, uh, Anna Maria when the opportunity presented itself. There was obviously, and there was no, there was nothing passive about this. Either the first fight, there was nothing passive about it either. It was just over. It just <laughs> happened, right? Yeah, it was uh, over because it was a right. Yeah, I think it was a break and then finished shortly after that. Uh-huh. Uh, this one, it was essentially, to- it was hit for hit all the way through. Yeah, it was quality stuff. Everything you, could, everything you could imagine, step lunges, pyropause, conversations on the blade. It's actually well worth uh, going into. I've actually got tons and tons and tons of notes I could probably give you hit by hit. Uh, but we, we won't with, do with that. With a lot to cover. Yeah, we won't go through it. Basically, it goes the, dif- the distance. Uh, it goes right into the third period. And at the start of the third period, um, it's, it's level at eight all. Okay. okay? Now, so not exactly rushing through the, no. the fight at that, but yeah, it doesn't have to be. I, I, I know what you mean, that you can... Yeah, 16 hits and... In six minutes. Yeah. But it was, it it was quality okay. stuff happening uh-huh. all the time. I mean, they, they did call it quits a couple of times before that, but it wasn't like a minute's in and they were just like, let's just have a break. There was none of that kind of stuff going okay. on. You know, so it always went to time. Both fences are always up for it. Um, so we start we start the, the third period. It's eight all. Comedy moment where uh, in the and at the start of the in the third period where Pepesca literally walks on to Hurley's blade. It's quite a funny hit. <laughs> 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 Yeah. It's, it's nice to know it's not just us that that happens no, to no. <laughs> but she actually you did see her sort of go oh I can't believe totally, I've done that yeah exactly I can't believe I just did that one uh, did a couple of nice sort of uh, over-unders and over-under on the lunge and things like this it's, it's actually it's, it's well worth checking out yeah okay it's very very nice so it's, it starts to get a little bit close it, I think you know it looks like at one point Popesco edges it we get it towards the end of the third period it's uh, it's 13-11 okay to Popescu and, and I thought at this point, mm, there's not very much, it's about a minute left. I thought, hmm, two hits left. It has been pretty close. Not really very much off, but Hurley keeps her cool. She pulls a, she she comes in, she does a sort of nice sort of preem flick underneath. It's now 12, 13. Okay. Uh, and then on the next hit, it's four seconds left on the clock. <laughs> right. Uh, Hurley just comes in, fast step, hits the pescu, and it's 13 all. So and that's at four seconds. So obviously, they decide just to go for the priority minute, and uh, you know these sorts of things can often come down to a sort of a sort of sort of a coin toss. And Popescu's sort of gone through this the entire fight, sort of looking like she might just edge it. It looks quite close, and then she does actually finish it off uh, with an absolutely stunning step lunge to leg. All right. So there's a little bit of movement. Boom! Step lunge to leg, and it's it's an absolutely quality quality hit. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, we, with, with fights that go to. Uh, you know, a de- deciding hit, you, you want it to finish with, with something good. A quality hit, yeah. Yeah, someone and you who's want- taken the initiative and been, been brave. Yeah, and both fences throughout um, challenged for it and went for every hit. They both had plans, they, bo- they both executed their plans, but they were creative on the piece if they had to be. Yeah. And it's it's it was a cracking fight, absolutely cracking. Uh, and I really enjoyed that one. Okay, you've sold me. I will, I will go and watch that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, so the final was obviously between Popescu and Navaria here. Uh, so this one is, yeah, it was an okay. It, it didn't quite. I think, I think, because I watched them both one after the other, 
this is a bit of a letdown compared to the, the second semi there. Um, it essentially, it starts off very nervy. Um, there's a, it goes hit for hit, essentially. There's a, a double and one more hit, and it finishes 3-2. Right, okay, okay. In time. So we have our, so not, not, not very much, not very much happens there at all. We come after the break and Popescu tries a different tactic this time. So she's been she's been quite active. She's been willing to step in. She's been willing to go on the blade, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in period two, a coach said a chat with her and said, "No, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go, we're going to go defensive this time. You're one point ahead, so you know we're going to try the defensive thing." Uh, so she comes out and it's all uh, it's all kind of like from long distance from her. She's constantly probing. Navari tries a tries a flesh which falls short, which gives a nice preem for uh, Popescu. A couple of doubles. Uh, and it's just kind of it's kind of on the edge. Nothing's really happening, hit for hit. Uh, Navari eventually starts to sort of eke it back a little bit. Okay, and what she does, she just she just calms herself down. She stops running onto the blade, and she she just starts to work the distance a little bit more. And it does literally go hit for hit at this point. And this period finishes seven all in time. Uh, we get into period three. Uh, Popescu comes out of the traps again and stops. And goes completely defensive at this point. tries to, tries everything to get Navai to attack her, so she can she can defend. But uh, essentially, Navai just works it. Does all the Italian tricks you can imagine, attacking on the half step and all this kind of stuff. Not very many hits, to be fair. Uh, and I'm making it sound a bit more exciting than this last period <laughs> actually was. Uh, but it finishes all off twelve nine. Two. Uh, sorry, Navaria. To Navaria. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, you're right. It doesn't sound nearly as exciting as the as the second semi final was. Yeah, the uh, second semi final, absolutely cracking. Well okay. worth it. Uh, this is quite close, intense. Uh-huh. So it has that kind of feel to it. But Popescu just, uh, I think, I think she chose the wrong game plan against right. uh, against Mara. I'm not sure what she get. She got just basic attacker. I think would have been a a better call. Been worth a worth a try. Oh, you should say that in respect when she doesn't win the fight with those tactics. But, yeah, I know, uh, I know, but she, yeah. But I mean, she's she's only just back into the into the sport really this year. Maybe she had a break, and she's not long back in. So, uh-huh. uh, not bad. Yeah, she's coming second in the world championships and a, a good win for Navaria, who's kind of um, certainly by me anyway, almost almost unnoticed become become world number one. Yeah, how did you manage and world that? champion? Yeah, yeah, she's won a couple of a couple of the world cups this year. Yeah, she? absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I think yeah. the fact that my uh, my epi watching is. You know, much less than it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Navaria is still still a name that's not you know doesn't leap to the front of my mind when I think of the you know the world's best epias. But as I say, she no. she was she was world number one coming into the world championships, that's and, right. and Julie takes the title. So uh, yeah, you, you can't argue with that. No, you can't. And I, th- so I think do it. I think the thing about Navaria is she is a good fencer, and she has that kind of high quality feel to her. But there's nothing there's nothing exciting about it. Mm-hmm. You don't watch her and go, my God, look at that. You know, how did yeah. you do that? There's none of that going on. It's all solid, well executed. Yeah, everything's everything's done well. There's no obvious weak yeah, weaknesses exactly. in her fencing. She's quite she's quite a strong fencer as well. She's yeah. well built, you know, and she she looks, you know, you I wouldn't want to arm wrestle her if you know what I mean. She's that she's solidly built, <laughs> right? right? So, I mean, no, but I mean, it would not mean that in any bad way. I mean, seriously, uh-huh. she looks yeah, yeah, like a proper she, athlete, yeah. proper athlete, you know. Um, so that's kind of her, her game plan. I mean, certainly when you compare with uh, Anna Maria uh, Popescu, uh-huh. you can sort of see the size difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, Anna Maria looks more willowy compared to her, you know. So anyway, the, the, so the, the women's epi was actually, it was, was fairly decent in the in the latter stages. And uh, as I say, that second semi, totally go and check that one out. I okay, really enjoyed I that. I will, I will. Okay. So will we have a chat about the women's epi team? Um, 
Yeah, go on then. I'll, okay. tell you, I'll, make, uh, I'll make myself comfy, will I? Well, yeah, I, I, I essentially can't be bothered talking about the early stages. Um, <laughs> right? It, it wasn't particularly high scoring, I'm not going to lie. No, uh, I, did, I did see this. You did see, you had a look at the... I did, saw the scores. Did yeah. you see the scores? Yeah, well, not great. So, I think I'm just going to go straight to the semis. Okay. talk about it from there. Uh, our semi-finals are our first semi-final is the Chinese team versus the Korean team. Uh, lots of passivity, and it finishes twenty-five, twenty-one. Right. Okay. Our second semi-final is more interesting. It's uh, Russia versus the USA. Okay. So the USA, obviously, uh, they recently won. They won the last World Cup. They did. Yep. Uh, so the so they're sort of coming more in form as a team very late in very late in the year, but did start to look. Because we had the curly, the Hurleys had a couple of good results as well towards the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. So they start to look like like really high quality epi team all of a sudden. Um, but this was another one, lots of specificity, and it finishes uh, 27-25 to USA. Okay, so between the two semi-finals, you would just about get what would be a normal kind of score for you know a, a couple of close, yeah, a couple of close matches. Yep. yep. Um, so. I, it, it, it's actually kind of a hard one. Um, it's, it's it's hard to sort of recommend Epi Team anyway, because <laughs> if you're not really into it, it, it can be a bit of a slog. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I think I think it is fair to say that Team Epi fencing is it's a thing for the purists. <laughs> it's a, it's, I, I mean, I mean that sincerely. I know it does sound like I'm being hugely sarcastic, but I actually, I actually genuinely mean that. Um, I mean, I have watched some low-scoring epi matches in my time, and if you have some sort of emotional hook in them, they can be really tense and exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have some involvement, if it's a team that you yep. you care about, very often, although you have to wait for it, the quality of fencing can actually be extremely high when a yeah. bit of action does break out. Yeah, but I think for the neutral observer, uh, a match that finishes with you know two teams. Mm-hmm. Scoring twenty something hits, yeah, is not something that's going to grab your attention and make you excited about the sport. But the other thing, the other thing that's really frustrating about it is, it's just I find the lack of imagination about it a little bit dull. That I've just been waxing lyrical about this about the qual- high quality women's epi that I've seen in the individual. Yeah, with fences willing to take risks, they're willing to come out of the comfort zones, they're willing to try different game plans, they're being creative and it's fun, right? But the problem with the, there is a pro, there is some problem with Team Epi with creativity because it's, it doesn't always happen. You it's, do get close ones where both teams have to scrap for it, and that's nice and interesting. Mm-hmm. But quite often it's low scoring until the last couple of couple of legs, and then someone someone tries to take control of it. Yeah, uh, and that's when you get all your points. And even that I don't find particularly interesting. Score all your point all, all your points in the last in the last leg. That's great, but we've had to slog an hour to get there, and it's not. Not yeah, fun. Anyway, an hour when you can go for a coffee and come well, back for the last leg. It's usually what I do anyway. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, sorry. Fortunately, I did watch the final here, Korea versus USA. Hmm. Um, okay, so the good, the stuff to talk about. Uh huh. The bad of our nine legs, four finished no score, right, and one finished one nil. Okay, right. Okay, so where do we start? I actually had quite high high hopes for this because I even I even rate the Korean team. Yeah. The Korean Epi, the Korean Epi team. They've got a mix. They've got the Shinalams and the Shinalam clones, but they've also got, you know, Korean fences which 
if you want, conform to the stereotype of green fencers. Mm-hmm. And the UAC team, obviously, there's something really interesting about them because they've just come on, come on form, really. Yeah. Uh, what was interesting about this was that Shinna Lam was the reserve. Okay. So Which so maybe there was a form issue with her, and that's why she didn't do so well on individual. So they maybe thought, we mm, can't put her in, we'll just keep her to one side. Or maybe they're just trying something new. I wasn't entirely sure. It seems a bit risky, if you ask me, in the World Championships. But they definitely had her on as the reserve. So when I saw that, I was a bit, I was a bit interested because... Uh, uh, it's basically the other Koreans that we're seeing here. So our first bout is uh, Kang uh, versus uh, Holmes. I mentioned an individual, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely passive, no score. Okay, right. Uh, Troy comes on against uh, Courtney Hurley, and this one's actually quite good, quite quite a good fight. Uh, it finishes six three, so we get lots of points. Okay, uh, both Flurry. both fences are actually going for it. Uh, oh, six three for who? Oh, sorry, six feet for Troy, sorry. Okay. Right? And both fences actually go for it, and it looks actually like it's, it's going to be pretty good. So I was like quite happy. I thought, oh, maybe that first beat, that first leg was uh, a bit of a bit of an anomaly. Uh, our next one is Ke- Kelly is Lee versus Ke- Kelly Hurley. Uh, they decide not to fence, so that's nil-nil. Okay. There is something, there was something quite interesting. Actually, I'm being unkind, actually, on that particular <laughs> leg. Um, there was something interesting happened in this one, and it's a refereeing thing. The referee was very eager to call passivity. Okay, so literally, if no one had scored within a minute, passivity was being called. Uh-huh. Because in this particular leg, and notes that both fences are actually challenging for it. There was blade contact, and they were moving around. Now maybe they weren't scoring, but they essentially weren't given the chance to score. So it got to the minute, and the referee was just like, "I'm having none of that." Onto the next one. Yeah. So I don't know if there was an instruction here to be super strict on that one minute. And do it more like a shot clock. No, no points. Move it on. Yeah, get it over and done with. I mean, that is what the rule says. So you can't really grumble. But uh... yeah, but it seems to be that it seems that there's more leeway sometimes than than others. Right. So I've watched enough epi teams where it looks like some teams are given a bit more leeway than others. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what's caused it. Maybe maybe one of our referee pals would like to right in and sort of see what's going on there. Maybe maybe I'm just misinterpreting it. But I did feel in that particular leg that both fences looked active and it seemed a bit unfair just to call it because something might have happened. Okay. Right. But anyway. Uh the next fight though, unfortunately, we're back to we're back to where we were. It's uh, Courtney versus Kang. Right. Uh what happens is rest is ready, set, go, one hit scored, court, court, uh, and then uh, Hurley Courtney Hurley calls it a day. Right. Says I've had enough of that. We move on to the next one. The score is now three seven. After uh, five legs after of fencing. five legs. Five legs of fencing. you got to remember, I was watching this on my lunchtime, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so it's quite a lot of my lunchtime is just gone watching nothing happening. Yeah. Uh, the next fight is, uh, is is Lee versus Holmes. Uh, there's a bit more movement in this one. Uh, it finishes with Holmes actually scoring an extra point, so she she actually goes up as a plus one indicator here of 3-2. Okay, uh, and, it, and it finishes. And I can't actually remember, I didn't take a note of this one, whether it was a passivity call that ended this one or not. So I'm just going to give them benefit of the doubt. <laughs> um, there is an interesting note uh, here that there was a scoring equipment mistake at one point. All right, okay. Uh, in this particular match. So there's a, a, a... Holmes appears to get a lucky shot. So the two fences come in, a light comes up. Everyone steps back. The referee goes, oh, it must be, it must be that one there. Uh, everyone, including Holmes, looks a bit confused. They go back to the action replay, and then the ref says, mm, "Actually, no, you couldn't have scored because the points nowhere near our opponent." Oh, so okay. it's came up um, later on. They discover that there's a problem with the piece there, so there must have been some dirt or something on the piece, and she must have skiffed it or something. All like right, that. okay. Um, 
Uh, it was an old anyway. That, that's the sort of thing. But there was a little bit of a discussion at that point. Like, what, what exactly is going on? You can see the rest, all the rest were hmm, sort of stroking the chin and wondering what was yeah. going on. Uh, nobody seemed to be too bothered when it was an old either. Okay? Right. So we just move on. Anyway, that leg uh, finished means that we're now on 6-9. And we're into the sixth leg. Okay. At this point, the Americans uh, sub on someone called Sirico. And I've got to be honest, I'm not familiar with her. So I don't know who she is. Um, she's quite crouched and very aggressive. Has this kind of really active sort of sort of way about her, uh, and that was Kelly Hurley subbed off at that point. Right. Okay. Anyway, she goes after Troy, and actually, it's, it's, some good fencing goes on here. There's, you know, she pulls Troy out, does some pie apostle, that kind of stuff. It finishes a uh, plus one indicator for uh, Sirico in this one, four three, uh, which means we're now at ten twelve, and it's the seventh leg. And I thought, well, you know, Hurley's coming on. This is Courtney Hurley. Uh, against Lee, maybe maybe it's going to come to light. Uh, nah, Courtney ch- chucks a towel in. We move on. Uh, so 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 the both fences chuck the towel and we move on. It's Sirico still on here in the eighth leg, uh, and I think well, it's, you know, it's the, it's the final. Yeah, there's a two hit deficit here. Sirico is just an aggressive fence, and maybe we're going to see more fencing. Kang is also an aggressive fencer. She's the one that kind of reminds me of her male counterparts. Uh, but no, they just go straight for passivity again after a minute. Right. So we we enter the. Uh, the ninth leg of the women's epi team world championship final at 10-12. Okay, so uh, we've got Holmes, who's the anchor for the American team, up against Choi. So, you know, so this is essentially what we're what we're uh, expecting. Uh, this one's quite active, obviously, because now people have to actually think about what they're doing, and you know, there's plenty of scoring opportunities are available now. <laughs> so we go for it. Okay, and it's essentially sort of hit for hit. Okay, it's not high, high uh, it's not high scoring by any means. The first set is a, is a, is a I've written here is it's a I've written here it's a double, but for some reason I've marked it a beautiful hit. And I'm like now I'm reading this back. And I can't remember exactly why I wrote that down. Uh, uh, so we go on, uh, and it goes. It's like yeah, so it's a double, and Troy gets a hit worth. She's three hits up. Uh, there's another double. Holmes scores a hit. Uh, so we're, what we're at now we're at something like we're at something like 12, 14 uh, it's another double and then Troy makes a mistake it's a literal mistake she steps in she wasn't paying attention Holmes picks her off uh, so now it's like there's only one hit and you can see the panic start it's double hit again it's double hit again Holmes starts to be aggressive against uh, Choi starts to push her back now we're running out of time at this at this point there's only a few seconds left right Troy's, uh, Troy's getting pushed, 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 pushed. Uh, Holmes comes in for an attack. Troy drops for a ducking hit, scores. The light comes up. Holmes immediately asks, uh, asks for a replay. Turns out Troy walked off the piste. Oh. oh. Right. So that was actually quite an exciting way to finish off the match. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's at this point, it's... Uh, yeah, oh, stupid. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so at, at this point, it's 17 uh, all. Okay, uh, so it's a priority minute. I can't actually remember what the hit was. I'm sorry, I forgot to write it down. But uh, essentially, Holmes scores the last point here and wins. So the entire match came down to Troy making a mistake and the American who changed their game and upped it, taking the, uh, taking the initiative and winning. So it was quite exciting for the last sort of minute or so of the uh, of the entire match. 
Uh, and I had a bit of a discussion with some American pals about this, and I pointed out that it was pretty dire. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm not holding, I'm not holding back because I had to sit and watch it. But obviously, it's interesting. You made that point where if you've got skin in the game, you're more interested. Yeah, because they were all saying, "No, Gav, it was really, really exciting." And I'm like, no, no, I had to sit through that. It really, it's, there's nothing exciting about watching a couple of fencers move around on the piece for a minute and then just go, "We don't want a fence." There's yeah. nothing exciting about that at all. Um, but fair play to the Americans. Slow and steady wins the race. Uh, and Choi walked off the piece and hand, hand, essentially handed the victory uh, to the Americans. Yeah, it's a, it's a painful way to lose a, lose a final, that. I suspect that uh, Choi's going to be waking up in a sweat for about a month after that. Uh, yeah, you poss- know, possibly longer. than that one. You, you could, yeah, you could wake up in a sweat for that for a lot longer if you, yeah. if you can't, uh, if you don't get the chance to, to put it right and win a, win a heroic victory in the, teams at next year's world championships um, yeah as i say because because i quite enjoyed the individual what i saw of it mm-hmm. and it, it's such a shame that there isn't that level of creativity in the, in the team events yeah and it's it, i mean like the men's team events they're not exempt from this I mean, there's lots of low scoring men's epi team events yes yeah, but it is way more prevalent in women's epi yeah but please for america absolutely yeah because the the team's looking good they came on form late in the they came on form late in the season. Uh, I think it shows some real progress in the women's epi team. I don't quite know who their coach is. He seems to be a foreign guy, uh, sounds Russian. I'm not entirely sure who he is. So if anyone knows, let us know. Um, I didn't I didn't recognize the commentators never mentioned him, so I, I don't actually yeah, know who he is. But uh, he seems to have done a good job, and the teams come together a lot quite quite well. I think. Yeah, that's all because they are. Um, I mean they. American APS are, are less heralded than their sabre and foil counterparts. So uh, I'm quite pleased to see them, uh, the women's the women's yeah. side anyway. I mean, Curtis McDonald in, in the men's isn't bad, but the the rest of the team, are they're not scoring on the world stage at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't quite know what's going on. I think one of their juniors is actually quite good, but uh, but the seniors certainly still not really, there's not really been very much. Uh, sort of uptick in their ability, but certainly the women's epi teams come together. I think yeah. they look quite strong now. And the Hurley sisters, they've got quite sort of, they're quite quite contrasting. Mm-hmm. So you've got one who's very solid in defence, and you've got another one who is more willing to go out and make the attack. Yeah. And it's that and that range of um, it's, it's like we're talking about in the men's foil team. They sort of complement each other. So individually, maybe not like superstars. But yeah. They complement each other really well and they fill in the holes. And you've got these other fencers that the like Holmes, for example, who's solid, can fence and can fence well. And this the Serico who I'd never heard of before, mm. who has this interesting, more aggressive sort of stance. So they've got they've got depth there's just a little bit of depth and you know, creativity De- Yeah, a bit of variety in the team and yeah. different ways of approaching the fight. Yeah, so I was I was quite so I was quite happy basically to see them win. Uh okay. I think even if it felt like a long final. <laughs> it felt like most of my life. Um <laughs> I'm sure, sure someone's going to make, that, make a comment now. Uh, I have no doubt at all. And quite yeah. right too. Quite right too. Quite, you, quite right too. Cynic. Yeah. So. Okay, so I will go back and watch the last the last minute of that match. Yeah. Thank you for the last, yeah. filtering that the last, for me. The, the, the last leg is worth watching because the, the, the te- both teams realise that it chips are down now. And as it always is, that means you have to do something. Somebody has to win now. Yeah. Uh, there's no more no more getting away with doing nothing, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so right. on to the mains. On to the mains. So... Uh, uh, men's is quite interesting in many ways this year uh, certainly in the early stages when uh, just about everybody who was anybody went out <laughs> so who did we lose in the 64 we lost Garozzo the one always called the other Garozzo so harsh yeah I know uh, 
Jean Barbagna, he's one of the younger Hungarians, went out as well. Daniel Berta went out. Nikita Glaskov went out. Jesus Lomardo went out. Oh, sorry, he's, oh, sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong Lomardo there. Come back to him in a minute. Uh, Ronan Gustin went out. Kerbinov went out. Minobi, he went out as 39th. Andres Redley, Richard Schmidt, Max Heinzer, uh, Jensen Jun, uh, Navojilov, all went out in the 64. Yeah, that's that's carnage. Yeah. That's a, that's an epic competition for you. Exactly. I actually laughed when I saw this because I said, oh, epic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. That. What else can you see really? Exactly. Another one of those. It's another one of those. So who exactly is left in? Well, not very many. Uh, and most of them went out in the next round. <laughs> so, uh, so out in the 32, uh, sort of the notable uh, people that we lost in the 32, uh, Park, Kyungdu Park, uh, Santarelli, uh, Marco Ficera, uh, Paolo Pizzo, Pizzo, we have to give his due here, has been injured just about the entire year. Yeah. Came out especially for the World Championships and still managed to make the 32. Yeah, it's not so, bad going, is it? Yeah, so so off to. let's give him that one. Uh, Alex Fava as well. Uh, he's kind of... Oh, sorry. We're at the last 16. Alex Fava went out in the 16. Okay. Uh, Creon went out in the 16. Kodos went out in the 16. Uh, and Koki Kano went out in the 16. Hmm. So who's left? Are you asking? Who is left? Indeed, I am. I am. Yeah, exactly. Let's get in. Let's get into the uh, the quarterfinals. So uh, starting at the top end of the draw here, we have uh, I think one of one of your favourite fencers, Nikishin. He's still in. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Yeah, and he was up against uh, Curtis McDonald, who we've just oh, mentioned. Okay. Yeah, America. Mentioned. So that is, I think, a quality day out for Curtis actually, because I don't think. He's challenged the last eight very often. Um, I think he made a last eight something earlier on this season. I think so. I can't remember what it was, but I'm, I'm sure he has he has made an eight somewhere. He's done a couple of the last 16s. He's in he's in well inside the top 32 now, but I can't right. remember exactly where he is off the top of my head. Anyway, good day for him, but uh, Nikishin was just too strong. It was finished 15-10. Yeah, for, too strong for many people, so yeah, yeah. nothing to be ashamed of there. Yeah. Uh, well, look at the size of him. Uh, right, uh, in the next, in the, the next uh, uh, quarterfinal here, we've got uh, Ruben Gascon Lamardo. Remember him? Well, yeah, yeah, in, the Olympic gold medalist from London. Oh, it's only it's only six years ago. It's not that long ago. Yeah, but it does feel like a long, long time ago because it he does, hasn't yeah. really done very much since then. Not like it doesn't feel like he's done very much. You know, he's not certainly this year. He's not challenged at all. At no, all, not you know. No, uh, and he was up against uh, Park Sang Young uh, again. This is one of those fights where um, I kind of expected Park just to be all over him, just because of the way that uh, Ruben fences. Mm-hmm. Ruben has that kind of weird, just fleshes at everybody constantly until yeah. <laughs> until, they, until they surrender. But it was much nervy with this one, and it finished the time uh, with uh, Lamardo edging out thirteen ten. Oof, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not a bad fight, but you know, uh, let's just say not it wasn't a complete smashing or anything like that. In our next one, we've got uh, Dmitry Alexinin of Kazakhstan. Okay, that's that's a new one. I mean, uh, he's a name I've heard, but it's not one of the sort of the mega top sort of names. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went up against our man Yannick Burrell. Uh Sorry, Yannick is way too strong for this guy. Fifteen-five. Right. Ouch! An absolute yep. smashing. Uh, and our final quarter final was. Now I admit I'm going to be up front here. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I don't even know who he is. His name is Roman Zvishka, I think, of the Ukraine. Pass. Zvishka, yeah, and he was up against Benny Stefan. From Switzerland. Oh, okay. Now, because I've never heard of Roman, I would have put Benny in for the win here, mm-hmm. but no, he was edged out, uh, by, and it was 15-12. All right, okay. Yeah. So our, our semi-finals are, uh, our first semi-final is obviously Nikishin against uh, uh, Ruben Lamar de Gascon. Now, I had a bit of a whinge 
about the state of men's epi, and it was essentially based on my experience of watching this particular semi-final. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it was dreadful. It was absolutely no creativity about it at all. Um, obviously, with Lamardo, you know what he's going to do. He's going to be aggressive, he's going to attack, but he doesn't do that. He just stands around this time. Nikishin okay. also chooses to stand around. So in the first period... Uh, it's non-competitive. It's not. It's basically passivity's called straight, almost straight away at a minute. Yeah. Now this is another one where I thought it was maybe a little bit early because they were challenging each other. Nobody mm-hmm. had actually gone for the hit yet, but they were trying to get get hold of the blade. They were trying to maneuver on the piece. It didn't look. Like they were just standing there waiting for the next period, right? But anyway, uh, passivity was called period two. Same thing again. Ouch. Right. Okay. Okay. Really, one minute goes on the clock. We, yeah. we move to the next period. Okay, so we move into period three, and somebody has to do something now. Uh, and essentially, it goes just double, double, double. Uh, Lamar scores with a, a flesh, another couple of doubles. It's kind of like there's, there's kind of not very much happening here until we get to the sort of the the, the business end of the the, the the period. It's four all. And we are, we're something like, oh, I've actually written down the time here, about 40 seconds, if I remember correctly, on the clock. Still nothing's happening. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's three and a half seconds on the clock. Right? Uh, Nikishin goes for a foot, foot hit, but he misses and attempts to renew to the arm. But uh, Lamarda blocks him out and it's 5 4. Okay. Right. And I thought with 2.8 seconds on the clock, there's absolutely nothing that anything can happen. There's, there's absolutely no way that Nikishin, who's not done anything in this, is going to win. And I was right. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Nikishin decides that t- time to be time to be my my other fencer and I actually go for it. And flashes. It's two point eight seconds on the clock, but nah. Ruben just sticks his arm out and hits him. Uh, so Nikishin thinks, I'll just try that one again. <laughs> runs and runs forward again. It's like one second on the clock, and the same thing happens again. Yeah. So it finishes seven four. Okay, that sounds absolutely terrible. Yeah, I'll, it was I dreadful. Will, I will not be watching that. Yeah, don't bother. I've watched it. You don't have to. Thank you, Gav. Yep. Okay, so now we come up with uh, our second semi final, and it's Arman Yannick versus uh, Svichar. I hope Yannick doesn't mind me calling him that, but anyway. <laughs> Such, I'm, well, it's a term, term of endearment and affection. It is. Yeah, it's, it's because I rate him so highly. Um, Again, this is this is uh, th- this is boring in the sense that it's predictable, and Borel just absolutely moolers him. <laughs> okay, uh, it finishes fourteen uh, eleven, which makes it uh, sorry fifteen eleven, which makes it sound uh, a lot closer than it actually was. But Borel was not being challenged at all, fencing this guy. Okay, uh, there's lots of lovely nice hits from Borel. Borel just showing a, a wide array, a wide array of hits and talent. He can hit you with a pre-flick. He can hit you with a stop hit. He can beat in your blade and hit you. He can just stop for a minute, let you have a double hit for to make you feel better. You know, <laughs> it's an absolute masterclass. If you want to see someone dominating the piece, just watch Burrell. Uh, anyway, Burrell w- walks that one. We get into the men's epi final, and it's Lamardo versus Burrell. And I start watching this, thinking, "Oh, it's, it seems horrible to say this, but..." This feels like a fight from young school. I know that Burrell's not that old, but no, he's not. No, I, he's uh, not. You've you've called him out for being ancient in the past. And yeah, the fact and, he's, and got he really in that isn't. One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the this final goes pretty much the same way that the semi the, the previous semi final goes. If you want to watch how to win a fight, just watch Burrell in the men's epi final. It's again a masterclass. He just absolutely destroys 
uh, Ruben. At one point, it's nine two. Yeah, yeah, that's painful. It, it's painful, and I, we're going to talk about painful, painful uh, losses in a second. But this that that this one is absolutely dreadful for uh, Lamardo. And what it, it then it goes out to thirteen four. And everyone, everyone, including the commentators, are actually thinking: surely at some point, Ruben's going to start scoring from this. Mm. But no, but I'll just finish it off, and it finishes fifteen four. That's, um, I mean, obviously that's a a very good result in terms of placing for yeah. uh, Ruben Lamardo, and it, yeah. it'll be his best result for quite a while, quite a long time. Yeah, but that's a proper humiliating yeah. score in the final. I mean, maybe he was tired because... <laughs> He's not had defence that long for, 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 for ages. a while, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. But Maybe so, but you'd have thought that uh, the Kishin didn't bother fencing him, so he got a break <laughs> in his own in his own semi-final. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a bit weirdly one-sided uh, in Burrell's side. I don't think there was anybody left to, to, could, who could really compete with him. Uh-huh. So that's what happened. Uh, and I know that... I know, I know the Rubens won a gold medal at the Olympics, and he was—I was there, and it was tremendous. But mm-hmm. I just don't think he was anywhere near the quality Burrell is right now. And oh, it's astonishing, it's astonishing stuff for Burrell. And he's such a nice guy and everything like that. So he was also my pick. Oh, okay. So okay. I do remember I picked. But remember we talked about this. You picked Burrell to annoy me. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, I, di- I didn't. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, I'm sure you did. No, um, I picked in the men's foil. I picked Fukuni to annoy you. Oh right, yeah. uh, but eventually I relented. <laughs> yeah, so you you got to pick Fukuni. All oh, right, okay. and I, I I picked Richard. Who I, I was kind of yeah. swithering about which which one to choose because mm-hmm. I think I went for Burrell and then I went for the Koreans if it wasn't going to be Burrell. I'm yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, sure I'm, I said pretty, that. I'm pretty sure I went for Park Sang Young as yeah. my as my pick. Well, close though. You got you got pretty close. It's <laughs> not. Just he didn't win. Anyway. Not, not claiming the win, as, yeah. as your man Yannick did. Yeah. Yeah, please win. First, first world title for him, I think. It is. Uh, no, actually, he did not win in... He's, he's not won this before, but it was like three years ago. Hmm, not, not the sure. last Olympics, but the one before the before Olympics. Olympics. Oh, we need to double-check that. Yes, I'm not certain either. Okay. Anyway, but certainly he's our man of the moment, I think, at the moment. Still. Yeah, he's not had as dominant. I mean, last season here, last really, season absolutely dominant. Yeah, this year, maybe had not so a, much. Yeah, last year dominant World Cup and Grand Prix season. Pretty sure he won the European Championships. Yeah. Bombed straight out in the World Championships mm-hmm. at the last in the last sixty four. That's right. This year, a kind of up and down sort of uh, mm-hmm. World Cup and Grand Prix season. Totally strolled to the mm-hmm. the world title. Yeah, it's probably the right way to do it. I think. I think so. But if you want to see how to win, I think watch. Watch those semi-finals. Watch the semi-final and the final because I doubt anybody was going to beat them. Yeah, there's nobody left certainly that was up for that. You know. Anyway, should we talk about some uh, some men's epi team? Is it going to be more exciting than the women's? Uh, actually, yes, it is. Hurrah! Uh, okay, go for it then. I'll I'll let you I'll let you tell me about it. Men's epi teams. Hmm. Okay, so uh, so we just start with the uh, the last eight. So the first the first of the last eight was uh, France versus USA. Uh, so a good day out for the USA men's epi team, uh, finishing in the last eight. I think it's pretty good. It's actually, it's probably where you'd expect them, actually. Uh, maybe maybe slightly ahead of where they're ranked at the moment. Yeah, but they, they made it, and they went up against France. Uh, they gave France good... Uh, they made it difficult for France, and France uh, edged out 45-44. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. 
and that's that's, a, that's that's going to be a real you know what might have been for for, for the USA yeah, yeah. men's team because they, they would that would have put them in for a medal place so yeah, yeah so uh, a close but no cigar sort of moment for mm-hmm. them uh, our next uh, our next last date is uh, Switzerland versus Italy uh, the Swiss do their Swiss thing and win 36-35 yeah it's funny because you I, mean, I think for most people they what they associate with uh, Swiss epi Swiss men's flamboyant is the flamboyant Max Heinzer but yeah. Max Heinzer a lot of Max Heinzer fencing actually is quite boring and very patient uh, and yeah. a lot of the team stuff reflects that it can be Max or the a last ground out win over the last couple of years Max has become much better at switching on Max in the past it was all Max mm-hmm. but now he's got Max version 1 and Max version 2 <laughs> that's right version 2 is the boring one uh-huh. you know that you can switch to that mode if he has to he's obviously worked quite hard on it but I think the actual Swiss team in general are quite interesting to watch yeah um, because there's quite, a, there's quite a range there um, anyway sorry where was I we, we went away we were ahead of ourselves there <laughs> so Switzerland edged out Italy 36-35 Uh our next matchup is Korea versus Hungary. Uh, in sort of men's FA team terms, Korea mullered Hungary. It was a uh, 45-36. That's a comfortable. That's a yep. Yeah. So they, they went the full distance on that one uh, and, and won it. Uh, our next uh, quarterfinal is a bit of an odd one, and I confess I haven't watched this one. It's actually Russia versus China. Okay. So China, well, that's a good result for China then. It's not? a good result for China. It's a very good result for China. And in fact, Hughes probably over the moon because I don't think the Chinese men's epi team has been at all good this year I'm trying to think no. I'd have to think back yeah I'd I mean, have to think back anyway Russia is way too strong for these guys and they absolutely destroy them it's 40-23 yeah that's that's quite bad right. I'm not I mean I haven't seen it but I'm going to tell you right now that that's what they did because I'm looking at the score thinking there is no way that that was anything other than a, a massive route mm-hmm. looking at that score yeah um, so that gives our semi-final matchups of France versus Switzerland and Korea versus Russia. So obviously France, they've got Burrell, they've got Jérôme, uh, Gustin, yeah, all these Alex Favre, Alex Favre, all these sort, all the, all the sorts of usual people you'd accept for France. Uh, Switzerland, we've got a slightly unusual team this year for them because you've got your usuals. You've got Heinzer, Stefan, and I'm not sure. Give me a clue. I can't remember. Uh, Kuhn was missing uh, missing an action. All right, no, no okay. Kuhn this time. Um, they actually have a slightly uh, different team. They've got oh, uh, they've got uh, the other the other two are in this in this one is uh, Nigler, yep, uh, who's a decent fencer as well. Mm-hmm. And then actually, because Kuhn's missing, it's uh, a fencer I've never heard of called Malcotti, Swiss fencer. So I'm afraid I didn't have a chance to look him up before we got here today, but. Okay, uh, uh, but I had never heard of the guy before. Name does actually ring a bell, but I can't think quite why. Well, he might be a junior or something like that. We maybe talked maybe, about him yeah. in, in sort of the juniors, um, but I confess I forgot to look him up. So, so it's France versus Switzerland. I would have put my money on on France, but Swiss good at team, right? So it's usually a strong team effort from them, and they pulled out the stops in this one, and it actually goes forty five thirty eight to Switzerland. Oh, good win. Yeah. yeah, so I've actually misplaced my notes for this one as well, but I remember it just being a very strong showing from Switzerland. Uh-huh. One, uh, I mean, I think the thing with uh, team fencing, uh, and I think it's true across all the weapons, if you have a team that doesn't give away any soft soft legs, mm-hmm. is a team that's going to win. Yeah. I mean, there's more options to make you know re- legs redundant in AP. Yeah. But it's about... Hold on for non-combativity, mm-hmm. but uh, a, a well put together 
team where nobody gifts yeah gifts hits there's a team that's very hard to yeah. beat and uh, uh Switzerland are, are can be good at that they can be very good at that even when their individuals are not necessarily on on top form yeah in the, individual the, the interesting about the Swiss team is that they they can be creative yes mm-hmm. they can do the boring epi thing but they have an ability that's sort of a sort of I don't know where they get it from there's something very creative about them when they need to be so the France are are high quality and will deploy their game plan and there's flamboyance there, but it's not like the Swiss do. The Swiss kind of have these different modes and they switch in and out of it quite freely as defence. Mm. Uh, it's kind of like why I like Max so much. There's there's that aspect to these games. Anyway, um, so Switzerland uh, beat France, uh, so they're obviously they're in the final, which is good for them. And then another half, we've got Korea versus Russia. Korea was just way too strong for Russia and won 45-35. Yeah, that's that's pretty comfy. Yeah, it's comfy. There's nothing. There was nothing really the Russians could do. They were just outclassed. Mm-hmm. You got the Korean All Stars. You got the Russians, and the Russians has frankly got a couple of, but compared to the Koreans, a couple of plodders in there. It's, yeah, it's in it, comparison to the Koreans. Yeah, it's not. It's not a massively inspiring Russian men's AP team at the moment. No, no. Uh, so anyway, so our, our our actual matchup here in the the men's AP team finals, obviously Switzerland versus Korea. We've got. A wide range of interesting styles and yeah. match matchups being potentially here, and I've got to say, it was a good final. Uh, it's not you're not hearing me have making any complaints about this. It, it it didn't quite go go to go go the full distance, but it was actually it was just decent to watch and quite interesting for sort of a number of sort of different things. So our first matchup, our first leg uh, in the final was uh, Jensen Jung versus this guy I've never heard of called Malcotti. Uh, so Malcotti has this sort of uh, active again. He's, he has that kind of stri- what what, we now, what I now call the traditional Swiss style, being quite flamboyant <laughs> and active. Anyway, and he actually beats him, beats Jung five four. So it's a good leg. Doesn't you know? There's no hanging about in this one. He goes for it. Um, in the next leg, it's uh, Park Sang Young uh, up against ne- uh, uh, Niegler. Now you're struggling with the pronunciation there because I, I believe you weren't the only one <laughs> you mentioned. We'd, yeah. So. Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce Niegler's name, and I'm going to stick with Niegler. Okay? Be consistent, Gav. I'm going to be I'm going to be consistent. But I think throughout the entire team match, this particular one, David King and Graham Bell must have pronounced his name a million different ways. It changed <laughs> every time, and sometimes I think I'm sure they would start saying it one way and finish another way. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, ne- uh, Niegler comes on. It's a it's really lovely fencing from Niegler. He's really really up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really goes. Goes for it against uh, Park Sang Young and actually wins five uh, three in the leg. It's a quality one. It goes right the way to time. There's lots of just lovely stuff. Uh, Park's doing all his usual stuff. It's ultra quick, but Nigo's just up for it. Uh, yeah. Really, really lovely fencing from this one. Um, our next leg is the third leg. It's uh, Park Young Do this time up against uh, 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 my man <laughs> Max. Uh, unfortunately, not a good showing from Max. Okay. Uh, he basically. Uh, Park it gets a hit. Heinz throws in the towel. Mm. Well, but so we have we have Max. There is a, there is a place for it. The, the, Ma- Don't want it to happen too, of- too often. True, very true. Uh, so uh, anyway, so we've got Max version two today. He throws in the towel. We move on to the next one. It's the fourth leg, and it's currently uh, eight ten. Okay, uh, and it's Jensen Jung versus Niegler. Ah, Niegler just absolutely goes for it. Uh, he can't stop hitting Jensen Jung. He just can't stop himself. <laughs> can't help himself. He can't help himself. I've done it again. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Jung scores four hits, and I think two of them are doubles. 
Uh, Nicholas scores nine hits, nine Oof, four. Yeah, that's a big leg. Oh, uh, so he must. He was absolutely, and he was totally pumped. Uh, and that leg finishes nineteen twelve uh, to the Swiss. Our next leg. Uh, so the coach must have thought, oh, oh, time to get on uh, Mr. Reliable, Benny Stefan. So he subs off uh, Malcotti, sticks on Stefan, uh, and it's Park Young-Doo versus Stefan. Uh, but Stefan doesn't look quite as comfortable as Malcotti. I thought they should have stuck with Malcotti, if I'm right. honest. He doesn't look quite as comfortable. Uh, but Park, it's, it's a reasonable showing. It finishes 5-4, so we're at 1923. The next fa- matchup is uh, Park Sang-Yong versus, uh, f- versus Max. Max, I've got to say, was not looking... His usual self at this point, he's kind of slow and tentative about everything like that. I should have written a sort of little note here. Goes like Max is look, looks bizarre, like the weak link. All right, we need, okay. I, I actually wrote here. Max looks like the weak link. We need action hangs <laughs> uh and uh, he ships two points to the Koreans, uh, so it finishes four two. So we went from being nineteen twelve up. To being twenty five, twenty three up yeah, over the so course seven, of those two seven leads into a couple. Yeah, down to a couple, and that's the thing about um, Epic. It's kind of why people get so conservative is it changes so quick like that, mm. and you have to be careful that you don't just leave it away. So uh, it's the, ne- the next leg is Park uh, Kyungdu versus uh, Nigler. Uh, obviously, I was hoping for greater things from Nigler, but we just go for passivity on this one. We just write it's, the leg uh, off. He's he's done his job by producing oh. an amazing leg to. To allow the French, uh, allow the Swiss rather to, to to break away and establish a exactly a big lead exactly. So he, he did his thing. He tried his best, but you know he decides no, no, we won't risk it, which is understandable. This is Epi. Uh, our eighth leg is uh, Jung versus Heinzer. Heinzer gives up one hit and immediately chucks the towel in. Doesn't hang about. Just refuses <laughs> defence at that point because now they're down to twenty five, twenty four. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, honestly, Heinzer looked like he wasn't up for this at all. I don't know what was wrong with him. Maybe he tweaked, tweaked himself or something like that. Maybe there's something wrong, but he didn't look himself, in my opinion. So our final leg starts with the Swiss being up by one point. Okay, it's 25-24. We'll go in. Now, it doesn't sound high scoring and particularly exciting, but it's actually, this is all quality stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not too much to worry about here. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, Park Sang-Yong versus uh, Benny Stefan. Uh, Park just goes for it. Just go really utterly goes for uh, for Stefan, uh, and actually takes the lead at one point. He goes, I think it's one point up, and it has this sort of really. Parks adopted this really aggressive sort of well, this what I call the passive aggressive game, where he where he draws Stefan in and mm-hmm. immediately counters hard into him, and this happens over and over again, and uh, takes takes the lead for a bit, but Stefan gets really really wise to him. And actually changes his game very, very slightly so that he doesn't walk into it quite as much and remains calm throughout. And actually, this leg finishes with uh, Stefan scoring eleven hits to Park seven, Oof. and when, and they win thirty six thirty one. And it's an absolutely quality finish to it because what Stefan does, he just gets he, he there's only point in it. He works it, he works at the distance a little bit, takes the hit back, draws level, scores another hit, and then Park starts to gets jittery about it, starts mm-hmm. to dive in, does his usual fast attacks. But Stefan just steady, steady, steps back, stop it, step back, stop it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Really, really good from him. And he was really up for it. Uh, so I think inspired by Nigler is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, and that's, finished- that's a good one. Championships for, for Benny Stefan then, because yeah. he's, he's had a pretty miserable, you know, the last couple of years since the Olympics, it's, things have not gone his way. He's had injuries, had glandular fever this year, I think, as well. And not- I'm sure it was, yeah, because he was really, really ill at the start of the season. So. Yeah, and, uh, you know, has has slid down the rankings. Mm-hmm. But see him make a, a top eight in the individual there and 
uh, anchor the you know come on to anchor the the, the Swiss team mm-hmm. in the in the team events. Uh, I, sus- I suspect that what the coach was thinking was that Malcotti doesn't have the experience to anchor the team. Maybe yeah, and that's why I put hope- Stefan back on again, thinking yeah. that Nigla's done the job. Stefan back on, you just hold it, you just hold the line now. Yeah, uh, but it turned out that Stefan was the one that had to save the day at the end, and mm-hmm. it was all just it got a little bit 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 too tight for them. I mean, I thought that the the Swiss team put had put a lot of thought into their tactics. Yeah. And was maybe, maybe let down a little bit by Heinze being looking out of sorts. Uh, but Nigler was by far the best fencer, uh, actually, in that in that particular match. And it's a really quality final. doesn't yeah. sound it with the score, but it was, I actually really enjoyed it. Okay. So, mixed. Mixed reviews from the epi. Yeah. <laughs> mixed reviews. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, Some- didn't enjoy the women's epi team so much. Did mm. quite enjoy the men's epi team, but I much prefer the women's epi individual. Right. So, women's epi, particularly the second semi final. Let me remember this because I don't want to go tracking down the wrong stuff. Yeah, well, check that one out. That's an absolutely quality fight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was uh, that was the epi action. Yes. So time for some foil. Yes, and we're both going to chat about this. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you've been. Well, I know she didn't comment at the saber, and to be fair, I faced up to to not watching any of the epi. Yeah. But foil. Right, I'm sorry. I, can I just say again? I moved house. There's loads of stuff. Uh-huh. All the put. I've got things to do. <laughs> Yeah, boxes to boxes to unpack, boxes to sit on. Yeah. So, should we start with? Um, well, let's start with the women's foil individual. Okay, cool. And to be honest with this one, there's no no huge shocks early on in the D's. Um, really, uh, your your last eights were pretty much as you would expect to mm-hmm. to see them. All all the sort of you know names you expect to see yeah. in a uh, the later later stages of a senior event were there, but. First quarter final, we get our first our first big shock. Uh, is our Tibus of France uh, beating world number one, reigning Olympic champion, reigning world champion Ina Dereglazova, mm-hmm. uh, 15-14. Um, an amazing fight. Dereglazova was comfortably ahead, about 10-5 up. Looked like it was you know, smooth, smooth yeah. progress. Tibus looking you know, frustrated by Dereglazova's ability to control the fight. Mm-hmm. And then it all clicked for her. Yeah. Called it back and, and got the win. Great fight. Second quarter final... Ariana Arrigo freed from having to think about uh, you know, splitting her time between foil and foil and saber, back to producing some some better form. Uh, beats uh, Zinga Prescott of of the USA fifteen mm-hmm. uh, It's been good to see uh, Prescott back this year because uh, yeah, I was wondering what she hard, hardly fenced after the Olympics. Was drafted into the um, defence in the teams at the World Championships in Leipzig last year mm-hmm. because Sabrina Masialis had a stress fracture of her foot. Mm-hmm. And Prescott's been back competing regularly on the World Cup circuit this year, gradually climbing her way up up the rankings mm-hmm. um, and and making a last eight here. So that's uh, mm-hmm. encouraging encouraging signs of progress. Yeah, as she sort of you know gears up towards the, uh, the sort of second half of the the mm-hmm. Olympic cycle. Next quarter final, uh, one of our one of our favourites um, doesn't quite produce the goods yet again. Lee Kiefer uh, losing out to Innisbrook Bakri. Uh, Tunisia fifteen thirteen. Bit of a surprising one, that. A little bit. I mean, yeah, you would have you would have picked uh, Lee Kiefer as the yeah. favourite to win that fight. I would have said. Um, but I was looking back on this actually, and Lee Kiefer's record at World Championships is not not actually that great. She's no. uh, she's won one individual medal at World Championships, and that was that was ages ago. I mean, that was back in something like something like two thousand eleven. She must have been about mm. fifteen or something, right? When she took a bronze at the World Championships and hasn't hasn't medaled since. And again, bows out before the yeah. before the middle stages again against uh, against Innsbruck Backy. Who, to be fair, is a very good fencer and you know yeah. Olympic bronze medalist and everything. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I would have I would have picked Kiefer to to win that, and it just, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and last of the quarterfinals, uh, Alicia Volpe of Italy uh, beats her teammate uh, Camilla Mancini fifteen nine, fairly comfortable win. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that gives our, our semi final lineup: Thibaut against uh, Erigo. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what are we going to say, Sean? What are we going to say? <laughs> well, okay. How would you have picked this fight going? You know, he said, here's here's semi-finals of World Championships. Uh, Zora Tibu against uh, Ariana Rigo. I would have put Edigo down to edge it. Yeah. 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 Uh, instead, what we got was an absolute rout, a battering, uh, a thumping, uh, you know. I, 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 like, I struggle even to describe it. I said, I said this in the, about Nigler and the, and the men's epi team. Mm-hmm. It was like he couldn't stop hitting Jensen Jung. Exactly the same thing here. Yeah. Tibu was amazing, just could not, she could hit, hit her from anything. Yeah, Tibu couldn't miss and Erigo couldn't hit a barn door. Yeah. It was uh, a total mismatch. And I mean, I almost don't want to talk about it because. Um, 10 0, one point. 10 yeah, it looked like the, I don't know, I think this may be a, a relatively Scottish only phrase, a grannying is where you beat somebody to, to yeah. zero, was, <laughs> was very much on. Yeah. And it finished up 15 2. Yeah. And I've got well, to say, it was over in, in a minute and a half as well. Yeah. That was the other thing I down. One minute, 30 seconds worth of fencing. And Regal looked totally confused by the whole thing. Yeah. It wasn't like she was uh, she was struggling or fighting or whinging or anything like that. No, she just it, was just, it was all over and it was like, what happened there? Do I, yeah. What, do you mean I have to go now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, she got she got thumping in the semifinals of the, the World Championships last year mm-hmm. against Ina Derglasova, which I think was something like a 15-5. Which was bad, yeah. But it was it was nothing like as bad as this. No, I, I honestly couldn't believe it when I was watching. Going, I've only just started watching this and it's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Tibo fencing well, obviously, uh, better than well. Uh, just like I don't know if they'd had a specific game plan for this, or she was like she. It's one of those moments where Rigo was maybe slightly under form. Thibu's way over form. The total, there's a total mismatch going on. So anyway, it's just amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Um, and yeah, and all done in no time at all. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, swiftly on uh, to the Volpi Babakri semi final, which was uh, again pretty straightforward. Not quite as much of a, a thumping as the first semi final. Mm-hmm. Volpi gets off to a flyer, five nothing up, and it's no time at all. Um, Babakri finds her range a, a little bit with the attacks after that, but uh, really. Uh, Volpe in control of things, hitting with, yeah, hitting with everything, hitting with attacks. Uh, Volpe looks much course. stronger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, I have to say that Bibakri, I thought we're going to be seeing another Regal when I started watching that because it was 5 0 up in no time as yes. well. Yes, yeah, I thought this, God, this is going to be another one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 15 7 in the end, but mm-hmm. yeah, another another comfortable victory. So a Volpe Tibu final. Uh, Volpe a finalist last year, uh, just narrowly. Narrowly edged out yep. uh, by by Derek Lizovin last year's final. Um, got a World Cup win earlier on in the season mm-hmm. after a after a runner runner up post. Uh, it's been a, a more difficult season for for Tibu, who, who regularly looks like a fencer who should win a lot of stuff and yeah. and doesn't quite quite do it. And she's had a bit of a disrupted year. She's she's moved from France to uh, to America, mm-hmm. working with um, Sergei Golubitsky in, yep. in California. Moved in with her uh, boyfriend, uh, Rayson Bowden, and you know, lots, lots of change going on. But um, you know, 
big result work here. for him. Big result here, certainly. Yeah. Yep. And a, and a really interesting final. I mean, lots going on. Oh, lots, of, lots of blade work, lots of counter parries, and, you know, getting close quarters. Counter, and, counter parries? Yeah. Counter lots triple of, mega parries, according to the commentators. <laughs> really? Was that the phrase used? Well, no, I've, but it may as well have been. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've probably tried to block out the full horror of it. And, yeah. and very even. I mean, no, neither fence are really... Really dominating proceedings, no. I didn't feel. I mean, Volpe, a seven-six up at the up at the first break and uh, level level at ten. Well, it mm-hmm. really was a fight that you felt could have gone either way at that point. And Volpe then scores with a flick to shoulder to go fourteen mm-hmm. twelve up. Now that, that was one of those ones you feel that's decisive. A two-hit gap. Yep. A thoroughly impressive hit. Uh, and finish it off with a, f- a final counter report at close quarters mm-hmm. to to take the win with a fifteen twelve win. A good final, lots of stuff going on it there. Was quality and, it's, and uh, really, uh, really enjoyable. Yeah, it's like you know, I really enjoy watching it because we we've said before about Bobby that she doesn't always look like she can finish it off. She gets into the into the latter stage, but doesn't doesn't always pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, she had, she's had a lot of seconds mm-hmm. in her over the last couple of years when we've yeah. been. Falling, certainly in my case, falling women's foil pretty mm-hmm. devotedly. Yeah, and she's she's gone close, but yeah, got got the win earlier mm-hmm. on in the in the season at, at a World Cup, and then all the way all the way to the world title. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the people that you might have expected her to to face along the way were taken care of by our opponent in the final, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Tibu could have won it. Yep. Not quite efficient enough, perhaps, at the finish. I mean, both of them. I mean, there was a lot of action and you know quite a bit of missing, a few a few nasty counter attacks in there, but equally balanced out with some you know gloriously timed attacks from from both sides. It was. uh, I mean, if you if you know sort of classically, you would say uh, the thing that's missing from modern fencing is the conversation. Yeah, (laughs) and there was a lot of that. I felt. Yes, there was. Yes, I mean yeah. it's a phrase that makes me cringe a little bit. Well, that's it, why I said it. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> just just to wind me up, uh, you know, because it feels like um, wanting something from a, a kind of bygone era in fencing. Yeah, um, but that yeah, you're right. There was a, a but there was a balance though. It wasn't you know sort of tic tac blade fencing. No, no, no that's the, uh, none of that. That's what people really mean when they say that. Is yeah, that tick, 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 yeah, tick, 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 Sort of development of freeze, if you like. It yeah. wasn't just it wasn't one dimensional fencing, mm-hmm. and it had and neither fencer was given ground. They both wanted it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All making it happen. So, yeah, a really good final. And uh, uh, please, please revolt. She seems she seems nice, and I'm happy for her. Yes, that she's uh, she's got the hang of winning, and she's and she's yeah. world champion. Yeah, and she was really up for it. Really happy for her. Yep, good stuff. So, on to some uh, women's foil teams, and again, more shocks here. I, I think we. We did our, our pick for this beforehand for the team event, and Russia looked strong favourites. I think they'd won four out of the five World Cups this year. I think we uh, said it was going to be boring. I think that's what we actually said. Did I say I may have said that actually? Um, but no, it wasn't because Russia lost out to Korea in the last eight uh, in a result that I didn't see coming at all. So uh, Korea seeded eighth going into this. And if you want to see uh, a foil team match that is won by a team working harder to to break up a, a stronger opponent's game over a whole nine legs and not panicking when it gets tense towards the end. This this was a, a tremendous match yeah. and really worth really worth going and tracking well, down. I, I've already been complaining about the lack of imagination and creativity. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out then. Yeah, no, I would say it was really good stuff. Yeah. A 40-38, I mean a little bit low scoring scoring mm-hmm. for a 
a foil match. But you know, I mean, you've, you've been watching a lot of epic, so that'll that'll seem exciting, <laughs> fast paced, <laughs> absolutely. And and it was really there was lots going on. There's very little, and you know, not much in the way of contact, non combativity in there. Mm. And um, yeah, tremendous, tremendous stuff in the Koreans. Um, Russians kind of blew up after that. They finished eighth, right? Having gone in as fairly strong favourites, so. Uh, Line up in the semi-final, Italy facing France and beating them fairly comfortably, uh, 45-29. Is that not uh, quite good for France, though? The French foil team doesn't seem that brilliant at the moment. Or am I just... Am I, well, I imagine you've got, you've got Hugo in there. No, I would Is say... Unfair? Um, France are probably, at the moment, I think, sitting about fourth in the world rankings. Oh, uh, I would say then. that, you know, normally they would expect to be behind uh, Russia, uh, Italy, USA, and probably you would normally expect to see France right, sitting okay. round about. Maybe that's why. Can you pay more attention to those guys? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on, you know, what you're, mm-hmm. what you're watching a lot of. I mean, it's, it's, it's a decent team with mm-hmm. uh, Thibaut, um, Ronvier, and, no, oh, excuse me, we'll come back to me later. Yeah. Yeah. Probably when we finish recording. Um, so Italy beat France fairly comfortably. Um, and then, USA stomped all over the <laughs> probably still jubilant Koreans, um, right. 45-22. Yeah, quite, quite a painful one. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strong looking USA team. Mm-hmm. So an Italy, Italy, USA final. And well, this is a match that looked like it was, you know, you would probably say beforehand. Yeah. Italy probably the favorites. Italy's team at the moment's not the strongest that you've seen it. Eric's form has been kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volpe's increasingly looking like you know someone who can who can lead a team, but mm-hmm. it's not a role that she's still totally totally familiar with. Yeah. And Camilla Mancini was their their third fencer, mm-hmm. and yeah, she, I mean she's a bit short of the standard that you know the sort of previous third fencer in an Italian women's foil team has has looked like. So right. it, it's a slightly vulnerable looking team, but they got off to a good start. They won the first couple of legs, were 10-4 up. But the the match really turns, starts to turn, I suppose. Um, Nicole Ross is a, is, gives it a good go in the third leg to, to make it, I think it was 15-12 or something, mm-hmm. uh, to Italy at the end of the third leg. Uh, but the match really turns uh, in the fourth leg when uh, Nzinga Prescott beats Camilla Mancini 8-1. <laughs> so that goes from 12-15 goes from down, uh, down to being 2016 up. That's one of the moments where you have to take an epi, maybe you take an epi moment and go, oh, I'm just going to chuck this. Yeah, but no, nah, nah. it wouldn't have been possible because uh, Prescott was on our case. Really? Oh, okay, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was there was no let up. Um, and, and really from that point onwards, uh, it was a, just a lead that largely stretched and stretched and stretched. A really strong performance from uh, Nicole Ross. Uh, she put in a couple of Couple of big legs, mm-hmm. and really was uh, you know had very positive, and I can't remember what her final indicator was, but uh, she was the one that you would probably probably in that. You know, I don't know whether you would say Nicole Ross or Zinger Prescott was the, the second or third fencer. Hard to be sure, actually. I can't even remember who finished. Uh, well, I would say Nicole was third. the second fencer. So Lee, Nicole, Maybe, and yeah, but but uh, yeah, strong, strong performance from Nicole Ross. I was mm-hmm. really impressed with her, and you know, showing the sort of form that. Uh, she showed more of last last yeah. season. There's been a you know a bit less of this this year. She looked in, looked in good form there, and Arlie Kiefer finished it off by uh, beating the newly crowned world champion five one in the final leg to make mm-hmm. it um, 
uh, in the end, very comfortable 45-35 win for for the USA, oh, well which uh, yeah probably wouldn't have wouldn't have predicted at the at the start of no. the day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Russia, Russia probably, Italy perhaps. Anything outside of that mm-hmm. would be a very big surprise, and a big surprise I'm I'm really pleased for. Good, yeah, me too. Um, because because it's boring if the Russians win everything. <laughs> I was searching for a more diplomatic way of saying that. Um, France took the bronze. They uh, they beat Korea uh, 35-26 right, okay. in a match that I have, I have not bothered to go and catch up on. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. So, women's foil. So, on to, on to our final, mm-hmm. final, final lot of events. Men's foil. <sighs> good stuff. Yes, yes, it was good. It was, yep. I mean, I've deliberately saved this to to be the the last last mm. event that yeah. we that we talk about. It's um, the it's the, uh, it's the, the, the ultra rich pudding to finish off your nice meal. It is. It is. It yeah. has been. I mean, let's be fair. We have been talking for a very long time. Yeah. So um, let's get through it. Let's get on with it. Uh, men's foil individuals. Uh, last sixty four departures. Uh, Masialis, defending champion Zerubchenko, mm-hmm. Sato, who was a. Uh, Silver medalist, uh, Meinhardt, Shikina, he took the bronze. So um, the amazing world championships that the Japanese men's foilers had last year, uh, no sort of a repeat this time yeah. This time round. Uh, out in the 32, Kassara, Cherimi, Sanoff and Poti, all diving out there. 16, Imboden, Safin and Lepeshu, which leaves our quarter-finalists as Fukuni against Lefort. Mm-hmm. Pretty comfortable win for Alessio Fukuni. Hyojun of Korea ages out Garozzo with a 15-14. Yeah. yeah. Painful one for Garozzo. Lost out in a 15-14 mm-hmm. uh, in the semi-finals last year. He didn't quite have enough. He, he looked like... It was a fight that he looked like he should win almost all the way through it. Isn't he quite... Yeah, he's, quite, he's tiny and incredibly fast. Yeah, but that's his sum total of his... I like him as a fencer, but he... He's not one of the ones that you think of as being near the top, if I remember correctly. No, no not on a regular basis, no. 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 I mean, he's, he's medaled at, at World Cups. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a... Has he won one? I'm not absolutely sure about that. Um, but not, not a regular yeah. in later stages by any means. And then we had an all-British matchup. Yes. In the last eight. Uh, Richard Cruz against James Davis. Uh, really good fight. Neck and neck. James probably edging it for, for most of the fight. Yeah. And it was good to see that there, there was some there was something about this because again you get that uh, teammate teammate challenge. Are you gonna <laughs> st- step outside of the training bouts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, James James looked like he was in in control of things. I say for yeah. for the bulk of it, and then just kind of got away from him. Richard mm-hmm. had perhaps just a bit too much smarts towards the end of the fight, mm-hmm. and and Richard taking the win fifteen twelve. But really pleased for James because I mean that's a yeah, I mean a me first too, yeah. big result for him for a couple of years. He's had lots of problems with um, with injuries. Mm-hmm. And uh, funding's been an issue. Funding, yeah, I mean, lots yeah. of lots of things that have you know made it a, a tricky time for mm-hmm. uh, for James. So good, good to see him finish this season with a yeah, with a, a strong performance. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't have taken much for for him to be in, into the semi-finals and in amongst the medals. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I hope to hope to see plenty more of that next season. Yeah, me too. It was good. It was a good fight. And our, our final quarter final. Um, Carlos Yavador of, of Spain puts out Giorgio Avila reasonably comfortably, 15 10. Mm-hmm. Which I went and checked this. All four of our semi finalists, none of them had won a world championship medal, individual medal before. Well, uh, well, Fukuni's only just come on the form, really. Well, Fukuni, uh, this is only Fukuni's second world championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't in the Italian team in Rio or before yeah. then. So, although he's not, not a youngster, 
in, in terms of World Championship experience. Uh, he's still a relative, a relative newcomer. So semi-final one, Fukuni against Hyo. And Hyo off to a quick start, fast attacks, sharp reposts. But Fukuni kind of settled the pace of the fight down a little mm-hmm. bit, becomes a bit more patient with yeah, his preparation. And you know, sets up his attack, attacks a bit more comfortably. Mm-hmm. And he goes into break 7-6 up. Second period, Fukuni continuing to press without, you know, without there any being real sort of rush about it. Mm. But he was still still working hard, still you know moving around well. Levels up at ten all, and you think you know this this could this could go any way. I mean, he was tenth hit was a you know a weird looking thing, which he, you kind of thought it was a sort of leaping leaping counter attack. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah, I remember this. Uh, yeah, you think what was that? Yeah, which is probably what Fukuni was thinking. Well, that's right. I, mean, I thought at that point it was well, maybe that's uh, that's going to be you know a weird hit that kind of breaks the mm-hmm. breaks the fight. But um, uh, Fukuni keeps his keeps his calm, finishes the fight off with uh, four hits in a row. Yeah, to to make it look comfortable in the mm-hmm. end to take yeah. a a fifteen twelve win. You, you got to think that Fukuni was sitting working at the timing constantly. It might have been close, but he's sitting there paying attention. What's going on? Yes. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then building a game plan in his head all the way through it. Yeah, so you can yeah push push through to, mm-hmm. through to the finish. Well, yeah, it was a a good fight. Yeah, one that yeah you could almost hear the hear the cogs turning. Yeah. So second final semi final, uh, Yavador against Cruz. Um, these two had fenced earlier on in the year at the at the Grand Prix in Anaheim, mm-hmm. and uh, Yavador had. Given Richard an absolute thumping at that one. Was well, Yab was a good fencer, very quick, good hand speed. Good hand speed, mm-hmm. quite smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh yeah, takes a takes a bit of working out. And, yeah. yeah, I mean Richard as I say lost him lost him pretty heavily earlier on in the year, has lost yeah. him in the past. His, his record against Yavador isn't great. Yavador again doing the doing the pressing in this one and, and takes an early lead, hitting with the attacks. Limiting Richard's options as well, uh, kind of eliminating that flick to chest. Yeah, was a left-hander, and, yeah. Uh, making sure that line was was well closed, and there was you know no no easy option for for Richard mm-hmm. to to flick across the chest and, and score with that. The Richard hit. Well, one of them, and the okay, other yeah, one, yeah. the other uh, one is uh, the other one is the, is the blocking counter attack, which yeah. again, Yavador managed to keep his. Uh, Keep his preparation sufficiently controlled and uninviting that you know yeah. didn't allow Richard to to jump in with a with a counter attack. Close though, Yavador nine eight up at the at the end of the second break. So you know nip and tuck, no no rush from any of them. Mm-hmm. Very patient, picking the moments, and you know nothing nothing much to choose between them. After the break, um, Richard scores three hits, kind of immediately after yeah. hits uh, counter attack, counter post, and. Uh, and an attack, and that sort of changes the momentum of the fight. You know, so he's nine eight down. Suddenly he's eleven nine up, and uh, Yavador keeps his head. To be fair, doesn't panic at this this run. Uh, levels at eleven all, and then Richard finally finds his timing for the yeah. for the counter attacks and the flight to chest. Both both start to come into play mm-hmm. uh, late in the fight, and uh, runs at a, a fifteen eleven. It was winner. a good fight. It was, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing about um, Richard Cruz is. is it's like he's got a supercomputer in his head that he's uh, <laughs> he's sort of gradually tuning, uh, tuning and bringing bringing the cal- the big guns and the calculations that, to bear on the match. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it's like, no, there was, oh, yeah, there's a couple of hits here, but we're not going to be worried about this. Mm-hmm. We're just going to work it out, you know, very slowly as uh, 
you know, slot A goes into tab A, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's all <laughs> built up over time. You know? It's, I mean, I always view it as a slightly different way as, uh, as some sort of computer hacking into another one. That's how you look at it. Oh, to, right, okay. to, to break it down. Okay. To, to stop it from functioning properly. So it's like Mr. Robot. There's like another version just kind of waiting. Yeah. To come in there, destroy the opposing one. Okay. That's, yeah. So anyway, on to, on to our final cruise, cruise for Coney. Uh, obviously as, as proud Brits, mm-hmm. uh, very, well, our flag's going to leave with Richard. That's how it's going to happen. Very, very much. Yeah. Very much in favor of a, of a cruise victory here. Mm-hmm. And his, his record against Fakoni is very good. He's, yep. he's given him a, uh, some proper pastings in in Grand Prix and mm-hmm. World Cup finals, and um, you know, I was I was optimistic, mm-hmm. and and to be fair, you know, it looked a, a sort of reasonably well founded optimism at the beginning of the fight, which goes goes up early in the fight, three yeah. nothing up at the beginning. Fukuni, you know, as he does, keeping the keeping the pressure on, keeping pressing, not making the you know the obvious attack into mm-hmm. into cart where he can be can be blocked out, but Richard still still. Largely in control of the fight, stretches out to to six three up, so you know kind of maintains the early lead. But then I felt uh, towards the end of the second period, Richard suddenly looked uh, looked tired. Yeah, it was like it was sort of definite hitting the wall stage. Yeah, because uh, he did a couple of things where he kind of uh, flexed his sort of chest and shoulders, and um, you know sort of squatted down to to bend, and suddenly he yeah. looked he looked done in. Yeah, I thought the same. And it was kind of like there was a whole change of pace as well. Mm-hmm. Everything just suddenly seemed to... It was like if you imagine a chart, just suddenly there was a drop. Yeah. You know? It's what it looked like to me. I mean, that sort of lightness of movement that Richard has when he's fencing well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with his kind of weird syncopated mm-hmm. steps that are you know, difficult to to judge when to when to do things on, suddenly started to look a bit leaden. And yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's predictable. Like he'd, he'd, he'd hit the wall yeah. and... Uh, Coney, I think, sensed that as well. Mm-hmm. Goes goes a couple up, and then he uh, then he can smell blood. Yeah, and he went, uh, he went for it at that point. Yep, and uh, yeah, and he, he can start going for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, stretches the lead out. Uh, Richard looking done and having to try and chase the fight towards the end. Yeah, of it, and uh, it couldn't happen. Fikoni picking off with riposte and, and counter attacks, and mm-hmm. uh, found the region's attacks. And yeah. uh, Richards, it was like he had an extra step on Richard the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, as I say, towards the end of the second period, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was all for Coney. And in the end, uh, a disappointing, but to be fair, well, well is our win for, for disappointment in the Ficone. prospect that we want, wanted him to win. But at the same time, given all the high drama that we've had in the men's foil program this year mm. uh, over the last sort of twelve months or so, that's a good result. Well, it's it's Britain's uh, first medal at World Championships mm-hmm. for fifty three years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was down in, in Newcastle when this was happening. The, all the fencing stopped, and they projected the final um, up onto the, mm-hmm. the big screen in the in the in the venue. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of moment you realise how how important high level performance is mm-hmm. to British fencing. Yeah, and the people are involved in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I suspect it will make no difference whatsoever to the powers that be. UK sports. Yeah. Uh, Funding of of British fencing and perhaps most most pressingly uh, Richard Cruz. I mean, he said in his interview that you know he has his budget now. He's got he's got support from Liam Paul and mm-hmm. some anonymous private supporters who mm-hmm. who will see him through to through to Tokyo. Yeah, but yeah, UK sport should perhaps be having a, a look in the mirror and thinking. Well, Not only that though, but we I mean, really get that right. 
oh, I don't want to go over this again because it's so depressing <laughs> when I think about it. Yeah. But, you know, like, if you, all the funding decisions which are made in this country are just, the mind boggles. Why are you making these? Like, I work for an arts quangle, right? And we've just been through a very similar thing where people are saying to us, why Why have you made these funding decisions? Why are you cutting the legs out from underneath these uh, important arts bodies, so mm-hmm. to speak? Uh, and we've had to, that this company's had to step in and uh, and essentially change its mind. But there's no sign of that from UK sport, and they seem to be entirely fixated on this hype. All sports which are already winning, if you if you like, yes. So they which get, is cutting they get more the legs, money. exactly. Yeah. Which is cutting the legs off the sport wider, and it's such a short termist view. All that's going to happen here is a couple of the sports going to start uh, going to start mucking up, and the entire sporting environment will collapse for them because they're not taking any kind of long-term development view, not in any real terms. It's kind of... Mm, I'm not impressed, let's put it that way. Yeah. Oh, they did They did offer a, a public survey recently There where a lot of the questions were asked as, you know, what do you view sporting success as? Did you try filling that in? I did. I did, yeah. It was quite hard work. It was hard work and it was just... Written by a bureaucrat. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> yes, so let's let's move from being a little bit depressed on the on the financial workings of um, <laughs> for Richard. sporting financial infrastructure mm, in, in the UK, <laughs> uh, and say uh, congratulations to Alessio Facconi, uh, mm-hmm. well deserved world champion. Um, as I say, pick. somebody who uh, <laughs> somebody who who wasn't even in the Italian team a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, and has become a a genuine. A genuine superstar, uh, and probably even bigger congratulations to Richard Cruz because mm-hmm. uh, there've been lots of Italian world champions recently. I want to, I want to <laughs> give a shout at the Jimek as well, yeah, because he's stuck by Richard. Uh, he's worked hard with them, and I've got to say that I loved one of his little uh, little pearls of wisdom that sort of drifted on over the microphone. Mm. And I can't remember if it was the final of the semi where he shouted, "Richard, simple things which work." Yeah, which I just thought was such a classic Jimmy quote. I thought it was just great. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I can imagine Richard just going, "Well, what do you think I'm doing?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're doing simple things that don't work. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm offering this bit of advice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Um, yeah, please, please for Jamek as well. Yeah, richly deserved. So, on to some men's foil team action. Um, mm. It's been a boringly predictable World Cup season with the USA men's foilists sweeping all before them in the mm. team events, and yeah, familiar faces. Top four seeds all making it through to the uh, through to the semi-finals. In the first semi-final, USA absolutely destroyed Russia, 45-29. Uh, a, a brief, you know, flicker of life from the Russians at the start, mm-hmm. uh, first couple of fights, and then they've still not really filled Artur Akhmatuzin's boots since he retired after the Olympics. Um, they're they're going with Arsenov as their yes. third fencer, uh-huh. and he got an absolute thumping off Miles Chandler Watson, and right. I think it was the third leg, third or fourth leg, uh, which. Turned it into uh, a big, a big gap in favour of the yeah. USA, which just stretched away from from that point onwards. And Italy just about as ruthless against Korea, uh, with a forty five thirty win in the second semi final. So uh, there've been pre- plenty of Italy USA matches this season, and absolutely none of them have, go- um, have gone Italy's way. Slightly, uh, well, a forced change from their usual lineup for the uh, Italians. Avila sprained his ankle in the semi-final, so didn't start in the final, which meant uh, Andrea Cassara was uh, in from the for the start for the Italians. Mm-hmm. And 
for in, in all the previous team matches this season where Italy have lost to to USA, and it's not been in every single final, but quite a number of them. Um, this was well, it's one of those things I was talking about earlier on. Uh, is that if nobody messes up, your team will win. Yeah, and that's that's what the Italians did today. The mm-hmm. uh, they only lost one leg mm-hmm. out of the nine. Only that by a couple of hits. A couple of them were level, but they they were in control. A couple of legs where they they put in sort of decently big margins. Fukuni beat Massialis five one somewhere in the middle of the match, seventh, yeah, sixth or seventh leg to stretch out from being something like a two hit lead to being a six hit lead, and something mm-hmm. that felt quite important going into the later stages of the of the match. And Bowden had a had a good match, positive indicator. But yeah, Massey Allison, Chamley Watson, a little, a little off the pace. Mm-hmm. We've said before that Miles looks like the sort of fence you'd hate to fence in a team match. Horrible in a team match. I mean, it's funny because I mean he had another disastrous performance in the in the individual went out in the last sixty four. Mm-hmm. And if I was one of the young American foilists, you know, um, Nick Atkin, Jeffrey Tourette, mm-hmm. Sam Wallace, Sid Kumbla, I'd be looking at Miles Chamley Watson just now and thinking. You're vulnerable because mm-hmm. you've hardly had any results this season. I mean, actually, I did. I did go and have a look at his individual results, and if you take out the points that he gets from uh, the zonal championships, where he made the last sixteen in the in the Pan Ams, and his his last sixty four at the World Championships, where you get you know kind of amplified points for those, mm-hmm. he's only a couple of points ahead of what Nick Hitkin yeah um, has got this season. And uh, there's there's no sentiment in the the American selection system. Yeah, you know if you're if you're ahead in the points. You go yeah. to the Olympics, and um, yeah, as I say, if I was a, a young American foilist in that in that position, I'd be thinking, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, I thought I would probably have to wait for a while, but maybe not. But I can see a gap. But the thing is, the American team has has been so successful up to the point, and even and even here, you know, they take a silver medal, and that's you know, I'm viewing it as some kind of kind of disaster. But it's mm-hmm. you know, it's still a world silver medal. It's a surprise mm-hmm. that it's not a gold. But uh, yeah, they have been. Very, very strong all season. And Italy had to put in a, a near near faultless performance to, to take the win there. But I'm glad they did because, I mean, like, like we said, uh, if one team wins all the time, it does get boring. Yeah, and it was indeed. good to see the Italians producing a uh, a thoroughly professional performance to, mm-hmm. to take the win. Well, that's why I didn't watch Women's Fall for so long because I can only watch Vitaly win everything for so long. And, you know, and let's let's face it, she didn't win in the most exciting of ways. No, so that's true. so you, I can only watch that for so long before I decide this is not worth my time watching. It, it becomes a sort of um, medal counting exercise after exactly. a while. You can be impressed by the uh, the sort of totality the of a career and yeah. the efficiency of it and the and the longevity, but mm-hmm. um, in terms of a spectacle, it's not it's not necessarily all exactly. that. So having uh, having an Italian team that can hopefully push the USA and beat them every now and again next season. Uh, uh, as we head in towards, you know, Olympic qualifying time yeah. later on, and also good to see Kasara make, uh, being trundled out, <laughs> trundled out for <laughs> a so match there. So very very it's, harsh, but yeah, he, he the elder statesman. Yeah, uh, he he put in a a strong a strong shift for the Italian mm-hmm. team here, and uh, I mean the Italians have persisted with Avila, who has occasionally been the been the weak link for the for the Italians at various times. I mean last. Now, last year was it Italy fence USA? Was that was that for bronze last year? Oh, I can't remember. 
I can't remember what stage it was they fenced at the World Championships last year. Maybe it was in the semi-finals. But anyway, um, and Avila had a disastrous leg against uh, Miles Chamley Watson, including yeah. uh, that was the one where, where Miles hit him with the sort of through the legs hit. That's right, it was Shobo thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a sort of spirit breaking, yeah. uh, hit and, and leg that, that hit was in. Mm-hmm. So I think having Casaraz, uh, back to being a regular in the, in the Italian team, I think might be, mm-hmm. might be just what they need if they're going to, uh, regularly push and beat the, beat the American men's foil. He's got all that experience, basically. Yeah. And he's had a good season. I mean, he's, he's finished yeah. the year at, Fifth or sixth in the yeah, world exactly. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's some some new hooper. I don't just say that just because I like him as a fencer, but you know, he is also left-handed. Uh, <laughs> well, let's that. let's not hold that against him. Yeah. So there we are. I mean, that's been an absolutely mammoth recording session. Yeah. Uh, so it's either going to be a mammoth podcast when we release it, or I'm going to have to do an awful lot of editing. <laughs> I suspect it is probably just going to be a massive podcast. I think we're just going to have to do that and just say sorry, folks. You guys have been waiting long enough. Just yeah. fill your boots. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not spoken to you for ages, so here's a yeah. a bundle of stuff for you. Other business? Will we bother with any other business? Keep it short. We're going to do another another episode relatively shortly, where we actually look back on the whole season and our highlights and mm-hmm. pick our who's been the coolest fencer of the year and things like that. Yeah, uh, with so much catching up to do for the World Championships that I've not had a chance to think about. You know the. The whole year that has gone, but we should probably do it reasonably soon before the yes. new <laughs> the new, new year starts. starts. Well, we have to do it before the new year starts. Yep. Right. Coolest fencer of the World Championships, Richard Cruz. My, we're going to go for that. We're going to see past that. Um, I'm, I'm going to try. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is really tempting. I mean, we're going to if, he, if he'd won, I, I would have had no hesitation at all. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't, wouldn't even be a debate worth having. Well, I'd like to. I mean, the other ones I would. It's it's a, it's a tricky one because the other the sort of the, the other fences that sort of stand out like Niegler in in that final against Korea mm. is un it's, it's such a, such an unusually strong performance from him like oh wow that was really cool well worth checking out just watching this guy scoring seemingly unable to stop scoring against Jinsen Jung even though he does have, did have a zero score round. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's kind of like it's a black mark against Jinsen Jung. Plotted his copybook there. He might yeah. have been might have been contender otherwise. Yeah. Yannick Burrell being imperious and unbeatable. Too 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 easy. Yeah, uh, too easy. I'm tempted to go Zebu uh, for a demolishing of Arigo. Again, didn't get the win. Yeah, the win. Okay. It's tricky. Yeah, and beating Derek Lozova. It's Posnikova is a as a rare Russian winner of coolest fencer on the planet. It's a well, that's true. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Finishing ahead of two uh highly illustrious teammates to mm-hmm. to crown a Probably successful day in the in the women's saber for for Russia. No, I'm gonna right. Okay, I've I've made an executive decision here. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna go for Alessio Facconi because he's a short, slightly tubby Italian man with no hair. Um, <laughs> Harsh, and he did finish ahead of our main consideration for coolest fencer of the world championships and Richard Cruz. So it has to be it has to be. Yeah, Facconi, I also picked him. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because I like you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Alessio Facconi. Congratulations, you are the coolest fencer on the planet. Excellent. So let's wrap things up. Uh, let's uh, let's thank our, our, our sponsors, Liam Paul. Yeah, thank you very much indeed, Liam Paul, as always. As always, it's been a while since we spoke. We need to speak soon. We do. And also a big shout out to our patrons in the Patreon, you know, crowdfunding group. Yep, uh, you are lovely, lovely people. Please don't be shy. Come and join them. Uh, you mm-hmm. get to listen to all of our episodes 
uh, a little early. Occasionally we produce other bits and pieces for our, our Patreon supporters. And of course it helps us to do to do more. And hopefully, and actually, let's just talk about that quickly before we go. We do, will be doing more in the coming year. We will be. We will be out and about. We're, we're going to stuff. We're going, uh, we're going to actually do some stuff for you. Uh, yeah, because we went to, I mean, really, we only went to Paris this year. Yeah. Um, but our plan is to do uh, all the European Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. So that's... A lot. <laughs> Turin for uh-huh. foil. Yep. Budapest for Epi. Mm-hmm. It's good. We like Budapest. Mm-hmm. And, and Moscow for Sabre. Yeah, which would be great. Which would be great. Plus, we do our, our usual, uh, our annual pilgrimage to Paris for the, the Men's mm-hmm. Foil World Cup, the Challenge International Paris, and the World Championships next year are in Budapest, which are much, much easier to get to yes. uh, than Wuxi. And it'd be good to go to Budapest twice in year because I love that city. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So, got idea of that? Got idea. That's uh, And that's it for me. I'm not joining in, Gav. Oh, come on now. Nope. Good night. Okay. There we go, that's that.